Hello and welcome to the Bull Mountain Brothers Podcast with your hosts, Ramsey Rutschke, Riley Rutschke, and Sean Morris. What is up and welcome back to another episode of the Bull Mountain Brothers Podcast and welcome to the Bull Mountain Brothers season finale podcast episode. Big How day. are we? Big day. This is good. Huge. I, I very much enjoy this. Um, it's kind of funny to think that we attempted this kind of scenario uh, for so long and failed miserably um, as far as filming goes, but uh, it's it's kind of weird to be back to having a somewhat of an audience it visually. Is. It is. And it's the, this would be, this would mark the first time in a while that we haven't recorded in the in the studio? In the studio. I know. And we we're so proud yeah, of ourselves. Street for, going on there for a while. Hot tub, kitchen table. Well, and it's funny because like... Poker for, table in the basement. <laughs> for that long time, we were uh, like, oh man, we can just take the podcast equipment everywhere. Oh, and uh, now it sucks ass. <laughs> it's like we have to dismantle the entire room. Like we have cords that are, I don't know if you can see them on the video right now, but they're like 40 feet long. <laughs> so we have to like run them through the desk and everything. But uh, no, it's cool to be here. Uh First of all, I mean, we'd like to thank, um, obviously, you can see that we're in a large setting room right now. Um, we are, we were graciously allowed to film in the showroom of Yellowstone Polaris Recreation in Billings, Montana. So we'd like to thank Todd Loomis for uh, letting that happen. Um, otherwise, we wouldn't be able to do this really, I would say, unique um, situation. And once be, we... Uh... A tight cramp. Once we introduce the elephant in the room, there's six of them. Uh, we'll talk about what's going on with this podcast. But first, I'd like to reflect a little bit on the fact that we made it a year. Uh, when we started this adventure, I don't know, December. I mean, we were we were working on it together before a year. You guys started December. And- we're 355 days away from um, our very first drop of a podcast. And the first podcast was what at was your that, house. Sorry, what? What was that, man? Like years, three hundred sixty-five days. Am I wrong? Yeah, I thought you, you said three hundred fifty-five. I swear to God. Yeah, yeah you did. The fourteenth of December. Well, okay, but what, what I'm saying is, like, we were working on this before a year ago. Math. Um, I counted on my fingers before. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, when when you know, and I, we'll talk about. I mean, we we've really never talked about how this came to be, but now that it's been a year, it's kind of fun to reflect on it. Um, we'll talk about how. So first of all, Ramsey and I had this idea um, to be able to tell the stories of, I'm going to be honest with you. The, the first idea I ever had, Ramsey, was like, how cool would it be if like when Henry was alive um, oh, yeah. and and Henry was uh, one of the landowners, uh, he died at 94. 96. 96. Uh, one of the landowners we hunted on for most of our lives. And uh, we're like, we always would think like, man, could you imagine the stories that that guy could tell at 96, living on a ranch his entire life? And that was kind of the idea that sparked is like, what if we could interview all these cool people that, you know, we know and they tell, you know, you stop in for when you're hunting or stop in to uh, just visit and they tell you these stories and you're just sitting there like, man, that's, I wish some other people could hear that. And so that kind of sparked Ramsey and I's interest in doing a podcast like, you know, every other male in his 20s right so, now but just to reflect our first podcast recording device i bought for riley for his birthday in march of last year 
is how long this has been an idea. So essentially, like March of 23 will be two years since we started this whole whatever we were going to do here. And, you know, it was funny. We do little things, you know, we had this and, you know, bless my family's heart. It, it was, it was like play, it was like a play set, podcast play set. I mean, it was, you buy it on Amazon, it's super not impractical. We tried to get it to work so many times. I ended up buying the baby version of this uh, recorder here and we would do, we would just dink around and I decided I was going to build, you know, I'm not very crafty and I built a table, which is. <laughs> The table we have now is deconstructed, <laughs> deconstructed now. Deconstructed, for sure. Um, you know, we slowly built up and built up, and Ramsey and I would lose concentration on it for a couple months. But I think what really pushed us to start it was hunting season came around in 2021. And, you know, the idea started coming back. Like, man, we could really tell these cool stories. We could uh, start moving here and moving there. And um, I remember one day Ramsey was at the bar, oddly enough, and um, he was with Sean, who has been our friend for years now. Uh, we've hunted together. Uh, Ramsey and him have been hunting partners for the last five or six. I mean, this is stuff we kind of have touched on a little bit. But I remember Sean called me, and I, th those two might have had a little few adult beverages at that point. But I remember him exactly calling me and saying, hey, I want in on this. Like, whatever, whatever we're going to do, I want in on it. And that kind of pushed us to get to the point where uh, we streamlined it. And pushed it for December 24th of last year. And at that point, you know, it was a hobby. Really, at that oh, yeah. point. It was, you know. I I remember our first podcast recording experience. This The stuff that we were talking about, the stuff I bought for his birthday. We got it all set up, got it figured out. Pain in the ass. I had to buy like three different cords off of Amazon because I didn't have the right stuff and whatever. Recorded an hour and a half podcast, started downloading it onto the computer to edit it, and every three seconds it cut out. And it's like, what, probably ten o'clock at night at this point. Mm -hmm. And Sean, we also have to say he ha was on his way to get yeah, was, to go home. There. He was on his way to go home. To, was it Spokane that you're going to for Christmas? Yeah. To drive to Spokane the next day. And so we had to turn around, re-record the exact same podcast on a different recorder. And I think by the time you left, it was like 1.30 in the morning. That was in our old studio, too. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you guys streamlined this pretty fast because you can't mention something to me back in like September about a podcast. I'm like, what the freak is a podcast? You know, I had, I'm an old guy compared to all you youngsters in here. And I, I had no clue. And I'm like, well, that can't be cool to tell our stories. and. And that was the last I heard about it was probably the 22nd of September. Yeah, and I guess, you know, that was an interesting hunting season. If I can look back on 21, that was, uh, as we've said in previous times, that was the, the hardest struggle bus of a season well, we ever. the fire come through. And uh, so Sean, Sean's thing has always been like, it, it sucked to start out in December 24th because we never had hunting content for the podcast. Like, how do you build something? around the hunting industry and not have any content about it. You know? The only content we would have had was the fireball. If we would have had the company going, that would have went. Yeah. Oh yeah. That would have been pretty I mean, interesting. Been. But, uh, so then, you know, we, I don't know how we do dove into social media so quickly. Uh, we started making TikToks, which to us was kind of funny because I, we're like above, I, I feel like we're right on the edge of that, like, 
like age group where TikTok's like kind of like silly in a way to make them. But man, have we made some cool TikToks? Uh, in my opinion, what's the best one? Is yes, we have a, we have a ninety thousand view podcast of Sean being the gate bitch, and it is probably the best thing uh, <laughs> that we could have possibly asked for. Um, he meant TikTok. He said podcast. Okay, excuse me, TikTok. And you know what's funny is I had no idea they were recording that. <sighs> oh yeah, Riley came up to me. He's like, "Hey, take a video of Sean opening the gate." The only time I, the, I like turned around, I was like, "These these guys are going to turn this into a, a TikTok, aren't they?" So yeah, so then we 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 start on social media. Um, the second podcast comes, and we decide we're going to start having guests, right? And so, was that the second one? Yeah, we did the so, we did the pilot that aired the twenty on Christmas Eve, and then into January was our next one that we did was, I think, just the three of us. Yeah, and it's funny. It was to, just the three of you guys. It's funny to think. Um, yeah, because that was uh, it was holy. It was titled "Holy Shit, We Are Podcasters," um, which I guess was at that time was kind of a tall. Um, you know, I guess we couldn't have really call ourselves podcasters at that time, but we wanted to be. Um, and I, I do remember back to a lot of our first initial initial marketing for the company was uh, one trip that we took shoulder hunting, and you know it's funny one of our first TikToks that was kind of like a. Uh, intro, like, oh, this is what we are. It was a couple random clips from, honestly, a couple really blurry, shitty clips of elk and stuff like that. And I remember I was, you know, it, it's funny to get guys interested in a uh, media company uh, like Sean, who could give two shits about Facebook or TikTok or something like that, or being an actor or putting his face on camera. It's not really like his thing or like even uh we'll get to matt's portion of this too like he, he's the same way too where it's like he doesn't even do any of it but i remember it being funny that uh, i said you know sean i saw this little trick on uh on like making a little video and we, we put our phone on we, we stood on a, a well at, at this ranch we were hunting and we put the phone on the ice and, and spun it and and you can see that it's just funny stuff like that that you look back on where um we thought that was the coolest idea in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. And we were just, you feel like idiots really doing it, but it's funny how it turned out. Um, fast forward, and I'll bring some some more uh, guys into the mix here in a second, but uh, we got to a point where we're like, man, we could, we could do something with this. And something more than just talking every week, you know, because do you really want to have a podcast and talk? You got to take time out of your week every week with your other job. Like, why don't we start making money doing it? And so at that point, I say, you know, I got, you know, my boss, uh, my outfitter, um, he's a businessman, owns a couple of businesses. Um, I think he could really give us some good insight on um, the direction we could take this to, you know, be what we want it to be, as well as he is a large, you know, he's an outfitter. So he's his, you know, he's an outdoorsman. Um, and then he expressed interest in actually being a part of the the table here. Um, and that's when Matt came into play and he never came to an actual podcast cause he was in California till I want to say April, the middle of April. Yeah. And, uh, at that point we had gotten 15 podcasts probably done. And so that was another interesting change in making. Um, I will say like having a four host co podcast is, is definitely interesting. We have a, uh, we all have different ways of doing things. Um, Sorry, we just let Riley talk most of the time. Yeah, the, yeah the, I saw that coming. The coolest thing about me coming into this was uh, 
It's kind of like young bulls and old bulls. I let the three young bulls go and make the studio, do all the hard work. And <laughs> I came in and I got the benefit of a chair at the table that's been redone four or five times. And, uh, you know, old bull, young bull kind of worked out good. Yeah. So, um, I guess to, to fast forward to where we're at today, it's just cool to reflect back on, um, we put a lot of hard work, especially in the studio, you know, like there was some nights where Sean and Ramsey and I were there till two, three in the morning. Um, we, we had a lot of passion into getting that thing going. And, um, and the cool thing is if you guys, I mean, I don't know if you guys watched a lot of the podcasts or the TikToks before what the room was. I mean, it was, it was a room full of junk. I mean, uh, it, was, it was a storage room for yeah. sure. I mean, it was concrete walls and books holding up shelves, cratered floor. And uh, so, I guess what this little flashback's leading into is uh, we decided for the this our season finale episode for the podcast, we're gonna we're gonna show you a little bit of taste of what we're gonna do for next year. Um, immediately following tonight's podcast, we will be taking a three week hiatus, and in that time. Um, we're going to, we're going to upgrade everything. Um, it's going to be a complete different look for us. It's going to be, um, let's take it to the next step because we think that if we don't, uh, progress as a company, as who we are, keep our values and, and upgrade, then, you know, we're just going to stand still and, um, we believe in what we do. And so for our season finale, we couldn't have gotten this far without a group of guys that, have stuck by us and brought us amazing stories, um, knowledge, skills, information. I mean, we've learned a lot. Just some, some good laughs. Yes, I mean that's the most important. I, I think the most important thing is is they've allowed us to to interview, um, bring on, uh, like I said, stories, um, and do it our way. Do it fun. You know, have like Sean said, have laughs. Uh, you know, if we want to say shit every now and then, they don't mind. And uh, they also like to make fun of Sean as much as we do. So um, with that being said, I'd like to introduce, reintroduce um, the members of our lodge crew. And if you've been with us since day one, you know that we have a group of seven to ten uh, really awesome friends of ours that have been on multiple episodes, that have come to talk about their hunting stories. Um, we have six of them tonight. We were not able to have... A couple guys. Um, so I'm gonna just start right now. I'm gonna give some honorable mentions. And if you guys can stand up as he mentions your name, <laughs> <laughs> maybe a little way without hitting the microphone. So I'll have Sean uh, shout out our honorable mentions uh, tonight. If we miss an episode that you guys are on, we apologize. So we got a couple honorable mentions here. Um, two of them are named Chad. Okay. Uh, let's just get Actually, right both of them. Yeah, if you want to do a season finale <laughs> episode, don't invite Chad. <laughs> they will not be there. They're, uh, both Chads are gone today. We got Chad Hoffman. Um, he was uh, he was kind of like a fill-in. I mean, like, we didn't really like plan on it, and we were hanging out with Chad before, like earlier that week. We're like, Chad, why don't you just come on the podcast? And he's like, oh, I don't know about that. And, I want to sit down there and watch. He yeah. said, well, you're going to watch on the podcast. Yeah, and I think we kind of adopted him to the Lodge crew. He had no plans of it. No, no, he didn't. Um, and he was really the shyest, oh, I would for say. Sure. Um, the first half, he was like... He he didn't want to. No, he didn't even really open his mouth once. He just kind of sat there. And, and they got into it and started telling stories. We had some great conversations. Yeah. You know, it was kind of oh, funny, yeah. too, because I think uh, <laughs> Matt and I started noticing that he wasn't talking very much. 
So we'd be like steering our conversations into Chad to see if, to get a response out of it. You know, after a while, he got caught. As soon as we got on the motorcycle and the stuff, he was gone. Yeah. yeah. You know, he had, he had fun. I think what it is for, for a lot of people is they think that this is like, because I've been trying to get, and hopefully for season two, we can grab him. I've been trying to get my coworker for a year now to come on the podcast because he's got the most, the dude's 35. He's lived the life of an 80 year old. Um, and he always tells me, he's like, I'm coming on. And then I'll talk to him. He's like, I'm just nervous. I'm like, dude, it's it's really it's really not that big a deal. We're not a big deal. <laughs> like, it's it's like guy, a bunch of guys bullshitting. So and I think Chad took on to that Definitely. pretty well. Um, up next is uh, another guy named Chad. Uh, he's probably thinking about grass right now. Uh, Good old Chadley. Chadley Lager. <laughs> um, he actually, Ramsey and I had the... Um, opportunity to take him out on his really like his first ever elk camp this year. It was a good time. It was, and he shot his first elk this year. Really good time if your name was Sean or Chad. (laughs) (laughs) I think uh, Chad really has come on uh, as a guest recently quite a bit. Yeah, he's been like three of the last two of the last four or five, which has been cool because you guys have been hunting with him. It's been cool to share and Mm -hmm. and. yeah, Chad, Chad was uh, – he's a lot of fun. I he missed was, a couple of – He was a little quiet on the first one, but now oh, he's yeah. kind of – he's a, you know, caterpillar turned butterfly, you know. He yeah. blossomed a lot, so. And then our last – still have hope for you to do that as well. Our last honorable mention on here, um, we're just going to give him a shout-out because if you have tuned into the podcast for the last, I don't know, eight months, yeah, um, you will probably hear uh, Ramsey. F and H fencing uh, – it's his company. They've our that biggest. was a, that was a cue for you to just do your jingle real quick. Oh, it was. Yeah, I don't remember word for word. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they've they've donated a well, not donated, but they've they've sponsored a lot of episodes and really helped us get some of the equipment that we really needed. And yeah, I'd helped say us out in a big way. Uh, yeah, Taryn um, and his partner Kyle have been um, our biggest supporter from a financial standpoint. Um, for the most of the podcast has been uh really really cool to have them on and um i guess our longest ad read's been two leggings outfitters but um so shout out to dave on that one but absolutely uh so yeah taryn taryn was also on episode uh 22 with uh christian and uh that was a that was a memorable podcast for sure (laughs) but uh um so yeah those those are honorable mentions tonight and I think we're just going to jump right into it. We're going to start with uh, the guys that are here. Um, this is going to be the most interesting situation I've ever seen on a podcast. There a lot, is a lot of dynamics. There's ten of us. Group. There's ten of us in this room. So we're going to see how we can we can uh, navigate through this. Uh, I'd like to start from basically the historically the the very first guy. Yeah. Um, no, no, it was Sven. Sven. Sven was our first Sven. guest on the Lodge crew. Stand up. Uh, welcome, welcome back, Sven. Yeah. If you guys remember Sven, um, the coolest story about Sven was he's uh, come over here from Germany uh, to go to school and has developed through learning online and learning from friends the want and and uh, passion to become a hunter and outdoorsman in Montana. And wants to leave. Nope. <laughs> yeah, we, we can't kick him out now. Um, so, Sven, welcome back. Thanks. Appreciate um, it. You were our first guest. It's crazy really, to think. I think he was like, was it our th- third, third episode? Yeah, so that would have been a third episode. Yeah. I, I mean, just, it was a, 
definitely an experience. Is it is it a lot different being here now than it was uh, in a random room <laughs> in a random city in Montana? Uh, he was uh, he was on another later episode too. Oh yes, yeah. that's true. He, Sven was on. Let's just give him his credentials here. Ooh, and we did the that was when we ranked hunting camp meals. That was a good one. Yeah, that was a Can good we remember one. what our number one was? Mine. Uh, was it Matt's way? Matt's it way. was food. Matt's way. way. Yeah. Yeah. Good. That's good stuff. Um, Dylan, Dylan had the privilege oh, yeah. of that. <laughs> so yeah, Sven, welcome back. We'll uh, get back to. We're gonna see where everyone's been in the last. You know, I, I, who was the last guy that was probably on the podcast in here? Probably Chad. Oh, in here. Uh, probably Christian, Josh, and Chance have been the most recent. So, and that's still been a couple months ago. So it'll be interesting to see where you guys have been and um, how your seasons have been. But let's go next in line here. Isaac Coombs, uh, welcome back. He's the guy who had the to wear a Brett Favre jersey on our podcast. You know, and it's funny to think back on that podcast. Uh, little, little known fact here: we have some cousins in the room, and uh, I remember the first time we were uh, talking about Isaac's podcast on here. Uh, Christian was, you know, because and we're we're man enough to know that our first ten podcasts were probably not the best thing that's ever happened. Uh, they were very. Uh, uh, nervy. I mean, we were kind of a little nervous, I guess, and a little, a little uh, unorganized in a little way. And he just, hey, Christian. I remember him saying, "Like, why did you guys talk about football for twenty minutes? It was so cringy." <laughs> and uh, I think back on that, and it's like that was a that was, that back was a when little. Riley always had his like, ah, not just an outdoors podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we stuck by that that model for quite a long time, yeah, and honestly, then we're like, though, "This is an outdoor podcast." Like, <laughs> like during Isaac's time when he was on the first, like, you know, would that have been our? Yeah, episode five. We still were like contemplating the idea, like, well, why not? Let's just throw some football shit in there every once in a while. I was like, we're you know, oh, every trivia thing. in the beginning, it was. Yeah, football yeah we're like, oh, maybe we could talk about like UFC a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> How far can this, you know, where are the barriers on this podcast? You know, the- yeah, because that was like our whole thing, like, oh, we're gonna be an everything podcast, and uh, uh, and then you kind of realize like, uh, you better just kind of find your route and and stick down that road, or you're never gonna have a direct audience. <laughs> Um, but yeah, thanks for being on, Isaac. It's good to see you again. You've been on this. You were on a second podcast. Yep. Um, it was Jeopardy. He tragically lost Jeopardy. Um, <laughs> we, we we weren't there. That was uh, when we were gone or something. Yeah, it was. yeah. You guys were. I was sick. I think. Who won? Chris. Chad. Chad. Not Chad. Was it Chad? <laughs> Chad definitely. Won. I thought Chris. No, because that was. I remember that you were up by like. A, no, he Christian won. Well, he's doctors. So. He is the most educated he in the does room. Have the most. <laughs> um, but yes. to be fair, I was not upset that there was 20 minutes of football talk. It was just straight Green Bay. And that really just... <laughs> that fair that is that is yeah. fair point. It would make you sick. That is a fair you, point. You probably wouldn't have complained if it was 20 minutes of Bill's Mafia, though. I also remember we, we used oh. to do um, TikToks okay. about like, uh, oh, here's this guy's on the podcast, whatever. Because remember, Sven, you're sitting on our couch. We did one. Yeah. Uh, Isaac, we did one in the literally room. Literally, the, 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 the profile picture on the TikTok is covering Sven's entire face. <laughs> and, and Isaac is in this TikTok, and he said like a couple words, and the first comment was someone we knew on TikTok, and they're like, let Isaac speak. <laughs> it was funny. No, he didn't even have any speaking words. He just sat he just in the middle sat. of Ramsey and I just stone cold Steve Austin the whole time. Uh, but yeah, thanks Isaac for coming on. Uh, next in next in the historical timeline here is our Jeopardy winner. Our Jeopardy winner? No, it'd be Dylan. He was it'd be Dylan Miller, the legend. 
That would have been. Uh, that is chronological. You're right. Yeah. yeah. This list is not. Um, we're gonna have to. Uh, didn't this. you guys make the list? Trace, so trace with your fingers down. We have some background on Dylan. First of all, oh, Dylan is Sean's friend. Quit touching the mic. Oh, excuse me. It's my habit. I'm so used to doing the. <laughs> from, your, from your comedy. Well, team. we're gonna we're gonna move on from that one. <laughs> wow. No, Sorry. No, no, no. Um, Just muscle memory. Sometimes even. they float away. <laughs> <laughs> They're over here too. No. <laughs> um, Dylan Miller. He's friends with Sean. That, was that hard to say? Yeah, it was super hard. <laughs> uh, we don't understand. He's for still. clarification. Are we friends? Oh, <laughs> well, no. What I'm trying to get at here is what was a very unique situation is I got to meet Dylan for the first time on the podcast. We had, we really, that was probably our turning point, I would say, in our podcast career where we started to start to flow better, where um, it wasn't so choppy and like we made good conversation. I, I remember that specifically, his podcast. You're right, because I can, I can distinctly remember you not having to take 15 tries on the intro at that point. so <laughs> Just two. Um, <laughs> and so we had a great podcast. We turned it into two. We did a wall tent chronicle and we did... A, the same night? Yeah, yeah we did. The same night. And it was essentially a uh, an interview. I of, believe we did that with Josh as well. We did two in one night. Um, it was essentially an interview of Dylan because we had just learned about farm life and... and landowner hunting and stuff like that catch us on that on that on that farm podcast fast forward a week we start doing a raffle you know matt comes into the play offers us the opportunity to do a raffle hunt uh for turkey and uh we spend three weeks trying to push that and we do this raffle and the whole time we're thinking like man it's going to be interesting who we, we pull out of this this uh this is a Tumblr here. You know, it could be. We did it some... live on Facebook too. We tried to make it as like, as you know, professional slash to make sure people know. Right. I was own... so excited about buying that Tumblr on Amazon. I... Yeah, that was a cool. I still got. Like, we got to go. No, no, we got to go get it from mom and dad's. And, and just like, a little a backstory on that thing is that the cards in there they never spun, like because they would just sit in one pile unless you spun it really really fast. Yeah, so Sean's back there just like <laughs> shaking it and they're just tumbling all over. And they shoot out because there's a slot, right? So they, the, it, the cards we had were a little smaller than what you probably should have had. So they would just shoot out of that thing. And, it, and then so we ended up we're like, we're not going to use this. We're just going to have, I think we had Kelly at that point reach your hand and do it because we're like, really? we're going to shoot 15 cards out and people are going to be like, what the hell's going on here? You know? Yeah. And so, you know, the whole time we're thinking like, man, we're going to go hunt and Hopefully it's like someone that's like not, you know, like boring. <laughs> like it's not some 80-year-old guy that we have nothing in common with, which if it is, thanks for buying your ticket. We'll get you a turkey and and have a good time. And he pulls Dylan Miller, who was on the podcast two weeks prior. And it's uh I pulled that name, or when she pulled that name and handed it to me, I went in my I was like, Are you fucking kidding? <laughs> we were we stopped collecting tickets. Like uh, it was was did we put a time on the day of like at noon or or was it the day before it was the day before at midnight yeah so I was texting Dylan because we were like trying to just you know get as many tickets out as we could and I texted Dylan I was like hey do you want any more tickets you know it's the last day or whatever and he goes yeah I'll give you did you buy five more you bought a hundred right hundred dollars worth hundred bucks worth. yeah. It was the same night that Sean was harassing everybody. Uh, I, I called, called Josh, Josh and said, hey, like you're buying $100 in tickets, Josh. 
No, it's because I called him. I said, hey, Josh, you're on the podcast live. Hey, how's it going, man? So I got to put you down <laughs> yeah, for $100. You guilted in, me into that so hard. They always wait until it's like past 10 p.m. on the weekend so they know we sold you're yours. already like a few beers deep. Yeah, we yeah. sold yours to you at a bar, didn't we? Yeah. Yes, you did. Yeah. And Smart. You sold them all to me. That's Matt. That's Matt's like uh, go-to. Yeah. Sell, sell the drunk people. But So Dylan buys these tickets. Go to the bar, I'm telling you. Just walk up to the table and be like, we got raffle tickets. You want to buy one? Well, absolutely, I want to buy one. I got $100 for you to leave the table. <laughs> Better than the roses, the, the ladies oh, that come yeah. through trying to sell the roses. Oh, yeah. And they do bank every night. Oh, yeah, like 1000 1200 bucks a night on the weekend. Quit my Drunk job. people like roses. <laughs> yeah, please. Yeah. Um, so Dylan buys those tickets, and after we drew... The ticket that she, that she pulled out was actually his first ticket that he bought when he we were. I was Sven, me and Dylan at a gay bar at a <laughs> at a bar, and uh, it was very. It was the was like one of the first. <laughs> you were at the loft. <laughs> yeah, drag show at the loft actually. Yeah. Yeah. Good night. Drag night. <laughs> drag night. Sean was actually. All right, all right, back up. <laughs> Reel it in. Sean, you're the real it in. Sean remembers Sean, that night. He's supposed to start hysterically laughing. Just wait for it. Really? Sorry. Oh, but if I start laughing. Yeah. We're <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my belly. My belly. <laughs> Don't. No, God damn it. I ah, guess stop here. it. Stop it. <laughs> okay. All right. Reel it in. Oh, reel it in. But anyway, as I was saying, it happened to be his first ticket that he, one of the first tickets that we sold, actually, which was, it was pretty it's pretty cool. It was, yeah. And uh, we went on the turkey hunt. And I literally probably one of the best best times I had all, top five times I had hunting all year. It was we had a lot of fun. That was uh, a lot of snow. That kind of sucked, but uh, it was a good time. It was a good time. Um, it was kind of like we went in there thinking, "Oh shit, we're screwed here," and it turned out to be good. I mean, it oh, really. So much. And we got three turkeys, three and turkeys, a, and, and a bear. bear. <laughs> a bear, yeah. That was like so a oh random. shit, yeah, that's right. That couldn't have yeah. been like in any you know better outcome. Where then we get a turkey and a beer all like in the first hour. It was before noon. Minutes. Yeah. It was before noon. On the like the one day we got, we're like basically done. And we, the funniest thing, I know we've talked about it a couple of times, but the funniest thing of the entire weekend is Matt shoots this bear in the deepest, darkest, nastiest shit place you could even think of. And we all get down there and we're going, well, we got to get this up somehow. And, uh, they're like, well, you know what? We can we can drag it up and then see if we can't, you know, pull it up uh, with the ranger when we get it close enough. And Matt's like, I think I got some rope. Dylan runs up the hill to get some rope and comes running down the hill with the rope, head heels straight out vertical, coming down the hill, knocks his head off skiing. the back of the. <laughs> How you're talking? About? It worked though. It did. That was a crazy. Crazy. I mean, there was probably it, the, eighteen the only inches thing of snow. I kept seeing was you and you and Ramsey like. One over your shoulders going as far as you could, and then the other one's like, No, because you went back up there with me, and I'm like, What the hell is Ramsey doing? Well, he ain't doing that by himself, and he turns around and just leaves me. Like, he bails <laughs> off this canyon and goes back down there, and I'm like, You didn't even take the rest of the rope with you. The, the, the whole part was we had Dylan with a GoPro the whole time, and so, like, a couple days later, we were going it was the footage. Oh, no, like, it was on for a lot. I was like, Oh my gosh, if we got the footage of him, like, down the mountain and it's sky half a second later oh, we never got it so i don't think he had it on no it literally cuts off like 
almost to the part where you go airborne and then like it must have ran out of filming time or whatever. But I was I was pretty bummed. That was pretty funny. I feel like we really he levitated for like ten. Feet. Well, 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 we had no expectations or nothing. We shot that turkey and we're going up the mountain and I call it High Country Cowboys because we're talking to them like that'd be awesome to use their music. I'm like, well, let's just call the Head Cheese and get their music. So I called the Head Cheese and I'm like, hey, can we use your music? Absolutely. And we didn't go from here thirty yards. I don't even think that far was it, Riley? Yeah, I mean, yards? we had specifically. You know, we were done turkey hunting, essentially, other than, like, Sean had the idea of... Shoot one with the bow. He'd never shot one. And he wanted to shoot one with his bow. Ended up shooting with a gun anyways. Um, but we're like, hey, let's go up to the, like, the mountain pasture. And, like, I'm going to tell you right now. I've been on, I've been hunting there for 10 years. I've never seen a bear. So, like, Matt bringing this <laughs> up was, like... I was just like, okay, dude. You did so casually, too. And I was like, okay, dude. Like, we can... I guess we can uh, hunt for bears... And so we went down the cabin, threw all of our orange on, headed up the mountain. He's making this phone call, and he ends it, and we're just going to a spot where we can start glassing and hike out and look over, and, and there's a bear. And I'm just like, what the hell? Like, I've never seen a bear here in my life, and he made a great Matt shot. Matt is literally messing with the radio, and he's just, like, literally going, like, idling almost. And he gets done with the radio, and he does, like, you know, hey, guys, there's a bear. And we're like, shut up. He goes, no, I'm serious. And we all turned out like, what the hell? There's a bear right there. So he jumps out. I've never, yeah. I've never seen a bear sit that still. I mean, it took him. Yeah. What, he was I, lost. He's like, where the hell am I? <laughs> hey, nobody going to kill me here. He was eyeing that I'm hill. A, we packed I'm him up. I don't want to go on that thing. He's like, he's like, you guys see how many turkeys are out here? Like, I've been eating so good. <laughs> uh, fast forward this hunting season, we see like six more bears. So I guess they're out there. But yeah. um, overall, that was a, that was definitely not. We weren't. We didn't go into that with a lot of high hopes. I don't think. We just wanted to like. Like film us in the action. Well, well, the biggest thing was is if you remember, Dylan, that morning when we left, Dave goes, "You can't make it up on top." I'm like, "Yeah, we're going up on top." <laughs> yeah. Q, Q Sean cr- crying the entire way up. <laughs> My ass might have been clenched. Like, oh, he like, cries like a two year old. He's like, "We're gonna, we're gonna die, hey, don't, bro." Don't let Riley play that down either. The whole time we're going down that thing, he's got his hand on the door handle of the ranger, ready to just Did, jump Me out. being smart is is downplaying it. So yeah, we that was that was a great time, Dylan. I mean, we can we can definitely reflect a little bit more on that in a little bit if because we'd like to. We have some big news. We had coming some good meals, some good hunting. I mean, the snow was crazy. We did have steak and lobster. The food was so good. <laughs> yeah. Well, you could have had a terrible time, but the food was always going to be good. I, I had a good time. <laughs> I did tell these guys. So Dylan likes Miller Lite, so I think we went up there with three cases. And I said, Dylan, you can't leave until all these cases are gone. <laughs> We did go up there. I probably would have never left. Now he's on Michelob. His his wife bought those for him. I think she's trying to drink them so they can get them out of my fridge. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we got some big news coming up. We're going to bring Dylan back in for that in a little bit uh, to share his experience on the turkey hunt. Um, Probably finish introducing everybody. Yep, I'm I'm moving on. It's moving on. Um, Bottom of the list, I think is up. Next, I would say would be Christian. Christian would have been chronologically um, after Dylan. Josh. Josh. Episode 13. Well, we can save Josh for the end. Uh, yeah, no. yeah. We don't even have to introduce Josh. I'll just go on. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thanks for having me. Christian, right Christian came to us on a double episode. Um, Christian, stand up. Oh. Where uh, we got to learn about um, Wyoming hunting, and you're 
that was where the first guy that we really had on here that was mainly an elk hunter before he ever did a lot of deer hunting. So but you don't hear um, a lot of people like that. And we really love to hear about like we're big like hunting camp guys, wall tents, talking. And he he grew up doing the whole uh, stuff like that. So welcome back, Christian. Um, you were also on the Sean and Ramsey episode where we were gone. They played Jeopardy. Yep. And yep. they obviously would have not won had I been there. Oh God. Um, yeah. Wait, but what was my score? I don't remember. It's 3,000. Really? I feel like he remembers, like, dominating. Is that what he's getting at? No, well, Chad had a comeback, but Isaac was in the low, I don't know, 700 six or range. Seven hundred. Um, he did well in the beginning. Hold up. <laughs> he did well in the beginning. Um, and then he was, uh, you on more, was there a third one? More recently with Chad by yourselves? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Because um, he was, he was, uh, first episode appearance was with Taryn. Um, and then you came on for Jeopardy, and then we had you and Chad on again for just another logic. Yeah, it was another uh, hunting season. That was another time we were, me and uh, Matt were gone, I believe. Maybe not. I think you were there. I was there? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, you're one of our most frequent guys, I would say, you and uh, Chad and Josh. So, uh, welcome back for the fourth time. We're happy to have you here. Good to be here. Um, got two more guys here. Two guys that did their pot. One of the guy. They've done the podcast together already, Chance. Um you were one of our most interesting, like inspiring stories. I feel like scary that, story. Uh, kind of. It's kind of a scary story. I mean, would you say it was scary? No, really I, I was mostly joking about about some of that, but not not scary. I don't think. Um, it made me buy a drink straw. <laughs> I, I would say I was I was just intrigued the whole time you were on the podcast. What? Like it was such a like I was the, we the were laughing. Thing we I were, took for a meal chance was the fact that the like when you talked about onyx and the straight lines and everything all four of us have used that this hunting oh 100 percent. yeah it was definitely like it was which, cool to learn which we never we never even thought about it i i, I mean thankfully remember um a stock ramsey and i um walking to a spot what I, was that i don't remember what it was you oh, it was the elk with, with uh, chad yep i distinctly remember ranging doing that whole deal that you explained on there and as soon as i got done with it i was like thank you chance <laughs> <laughs> um and then of course you know his the story itself i mean to successfully and, and, and to shoot a 400 inch bull is no feet is his feet in itself you know uh i would say less than one percent of hunters will ever get that opportunity would you say um also put along the lines that it was 105 degrees in Montana. Um, Hiking 20 miles a, at a time. Again, just one of our favorite stories this year. It was really cool, and we're glad to have you on here and really be part of the Lodge crew. Um, so welcome back. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Last but not least, we have Joshua. Joshua is our most frequent podcast guest. Um, it's been a lot of fun. I enjoy having Josh on. Josh is like my best friend, like since we were fucking kids, man. And he has taught me so much over my life. Like I wouldn't be where I was at today if I didn't learn how to duck hunt from this guy, how to bow hunt. Like we did, we grew up together, like experiencing the, you know, like what we kind of talk about the, the more next level hunting, you know, like bow hunting and packing and uh, not just going out on the weekend. Yeah. Not driving, driving in a car. Josh, question for you. A serious question. This is not going to be a serious question. It's, it's pretty serious. <laughs> From the time you started hunting with Riley, like what's like you guys had to have just been kind of going, not knowing what the hell you're doing to now you're successful constantly. I mean, you just shot a bull with your, your girlfriend, your wife, girlfriend. Yeah. Girlfriend. Yeah. And, uh, 
can you see the like the hurdles you and Riley have gone on from day one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then especially listening to your guys' podcast is cool to look back at, like, just to talk about how we've excelled over the years. And it's cool to watch you guys grow, build this podcast, like, from last year to now. Like, well, and it's like, it's, cool. it's funny to think we talk about these stories in the podcast. And I always, I end up name dropping you a lot just because we, you end up thinking, like, we have done a lot of shit since we were kids. Like, yeah. we, we, we started out as, um, we had nothing to go. You know, we were always hunting public land spots. We couldn't drive uh, four hours away when we were kids to go do something. We'd hunt, hunt what we could hunt. And, uh, man, we learned so much. We had, I think a lot of – when you even think about any hobby, sport, anything that gives you some sort of sense of accomplishment, you always seem like you have to go through all the hurdles and all the hard times to get to be successful. And I look at that like, you know, you're on your – third or four how many bulls have you shot with your bow two two okay um and to come from like where we were in high school and stuff where i mean we'd go days you know just you i'd be following you through he'd be dragging you know i've always been a not as fit as josh so he'd be dragging me (laughs) dragging me dragging me through every situation dragging uh You know, I mean, I, I probably would have been a huge fat piece of shit if Josh didn't get me motivated to get out and do shit. And, uh, you know, Ramsey was there along the way, too. I don't want to downplay that. But, uh, you know, we'd be we'd be running through the woods. Josh would be bugling his head off, and uh, we'd, we'd see nothing. And we'd see nothing. And then eventually we got to the point where um, you start learning more stuff and you start becoming more successful. And, and I, I just owe a lot of even being at this table – to have a friend like Josh because we went through some times. The I might put too much whiskey in that first drink, but I might shed a tear. Really. I don't no. know. <laughs> the, no, the, the biggest thing with listening to this podcast, you know, I, I haven't been on any other episodes with you because I've been trucking or, or in California. And uh, I want to do nothing more than do a castle blast with you, but I'm scared to death. I can outshoot you. I have no problem. I can shoot a duck. But outfishing you... Ain't gonna happen, but I'd love to learn from you. Let's do it. Let's set it up. Let's video it. That'd be fun. Yeah, be yeah. super awesome. Yeah, you know we have a lot of talented guys on the, in on this the hard room. water, right? On the hard water, <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. And you know, take away. I mean, we're, I'll finish your introduction a little bit here. But if you look at everyone in this room, as a man, as an outdoorsman in their own way, there's a lot of skill, individual skills in different places here. And Josh is a fly. F- I mean, all around hunter but like fly fishing is like if, if we were going to do a sport or whatever that's what you would go do sean as an ice fisherman like the best ice fisherman i i, I don't know if i would know what the hell i'm doing i would uh chip a hole in this ice and then sit there with a rod in my hand all day if it wasn't for you uh ramsey <laughs> no i'm just kidding uh ramsey shoots big deer. Of if you know ramsey ramsey shoots big deer and that's his skill. uh but there's a lot of skill in this room and it's cool to have individual like no one's really uh they're not cocky about what they do um you know because there's a lot of people in this industry and if you guys watch a lot of social media and stuff where it's like almost distasteful um how people go about hunting and i i think what i appreciate is everyone in here just enjoys the pursuit they enjoy um, whether it's fishing, hunting, whatever they're doing, it's all for the enjoyment of what they're doing. And it's not to be the best hunter in the room. It's not to be, uh, you know, you know, we, we went on some trips this year with some guys that were very arrogant. And uh, we don't have one guy in this room 
that, that fits that, the, mo- that the, model. The biggest thing is you watch all these reality shows where they, you know, have 10 guys that go in there with little to awesome experience. And I would rather go with this group of boys right here and go do a 30 day live off the land. Let's get her done. And I think it would be a hell of a show with this group of boys. Yeah, I think we would survive at least two days. I mean, shit. Uh, <laughs> we could just eat Ramsey in the end, I guess. <laughs> That'd be... Um, you know, to, to keep going on this conversation, the craziest thing was that surprised me this year. Um, so Sven came in, you know, not knowing anything about the outdoors, and he came hunting with us and did all that stuff. And the guy calls me randomly in the middle of hunting season and goes, hey, you want to go duck hunting with me tomorrow? Well, <laughs> What? You go duck hunting? I'm like, Sven's a duck hunter now? Which, I mean, it sounds like you like it a lot, right? Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, went out at Shepherd with some friends for the first time. So, sounded like it was successful too. I got a couple of pictures. I like to bird hunt, though. Mm -hmm. See, a a lot of people uh, that don't bird hunt and stuff and don't waterfall hunt do not know how it like sucks you in. And it's like its whole other like animal. Does everybody in here have, has everybody gone waterfall hunting? (laughs) I, I, I never have. Wow. Well, I used to go with that. I've gone goose hunting. Yeah, Present. you used to do it quite a bit. <clears throat> and and it could, wouldn't you agree? It's it's like its own, like you can't compare it to anything else. Oh, totally. I mean, I didn't do a lot of hunting, you know, before I met you guys, but I mean, I even found myself going sometimes without you guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but like we keep trying to uh, pound into Sean, uh, waterfowl hunting, do it. It's, uh, it's, you'll never go back. Uh, it just takes one epic day, like where the conditions are just right, and you're hooked. Like you only are, are you guys about more more towards ducks or geese? I like ducks. Ducks for sure. See, there's a there's a theory on this. I like geese. I like eating geese much better. Yep. You probably have the opportunity for all of it back home, right? Yeah, we all get together and just go shoot. Sit geese. a field and yeah, yeah. But I have a love affair for beautiful ducks. I like to shoot. Be- I mean, that, that kind of sounds uh, <laughs> like I'm like an African <laughs> safari hunter, but like ducks are so there's some ducks out there that like just you just you're like, this is just a creature of God. There's something about ducks coming in. Wow. over water. Has anyone in this group shot a banded duck? Uh, I, am I the only one? I, <laughs> I have shot. I, I will say hey, it was a hen. Hey, <laughs> it was a teal. <laughs> it was a green winged teal hen. The band's about that what? big. Like, did you grow up with a lot of guys that waterfowl hunting in Wyoming or no? No, I did. Uh, I grew up. First thing I ever did before big game was pheasant. Oh yeah, I it was kind of like part of the really? hunter oh, safety yeah. system. Was like you got your hunter oh, yeah. safety, oh, yeah. and then they sent you to go learn like shotgun safety. Oh, really? right after that. Yeah, we kind of got to do something like that. When we were, you got to do it with us too, right? No, where you go to that one lake, and then we got to uh, yeah, <laughs> pheasants, pheasants, pheasants forever. That was like our first hunting experience. Yeah, pheasants forever. Yeah, same thing. Oh, oh that to be that guy. Fun. Bunch of newbies with a shotgun. I didn't. Shoot my <laughs> well, they were they were like they were uh, they were what do they call them? Uh, uh, not stalked, but like no, planted stalked. planted birds. Yeah. So they were like half asleep, and they'd like kick them out of the. <laughs> it was kind of weird. It was. You, Josh, have you ever done a cast and blast from the bighorn? Yeah, well, yeah, every year. Were you done your pheasants on one <laughs> side? Your ducks <laughs> shoot your ducks going down, hunt your pheasants on the way back to the boat, and then fish to the next island. Yep. Yeah. That's that's the ultimate. I what mean, I, the, I I have done a lot of that, and I love it. Just yeah. jump, shoot the ducks on your way down, shoot your pheasants on the way back to the boat. And, like that's probably one of my favorite. Shoot, was that a rainbow you caught up. that one day? Out of the when duck we were blind? out of the duck blind. Oh yeah, that was yeah. a huge. He just like he's. Like, I brought my fly rod. I'm gonna go fish for a little bit. Yeah, you guys were like we we're hunting ducks. I'm like that's all right. Like <laughs> this. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of before we were really. Catches a monster rainbow too. That was that, a big rainbow. That was before we were like 
into fly fishing though so we were just like all right dude and then he catches this like behemoth and we're like oh that that does look fun <laughs> do you do a lot of your stuff josh down on the bighorn then yeah do you do the top 13 or the lower or? a little bit of both but you ever done mallard down the two leggings yeah yeah, we have that boat ramp right right above the diversion dam there. Yeah. That's amazing. That's ideal, so you don't have to yeah. drop over that diversion dam. So. Yeah. We do a lot. We go all over, though. For 150 bucks, they will let you pull out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two leggings uh, outfitters. I don't remember what I said. Dot com. I don't remember what I said on the thing, but it's I, funny. Yeah. It's catchy. I don't Anyways. Know. Enjoy I don't know. the adventure of lifetime today. Will you, will you please promise us you'll go one time? We're going to go to the ranch, and then we're going to sit at the cabin and have mat steak and lobster and pinnacle. All right, right we're just going to take <laughs> hey, Josh. Yes, yeah, we did not play any pinnacle. We played what poker. Did? Who won poker? poker? I won poker, just saying. Oh, shut up. Mostly because Matt was <laughs> wow. trying to cook. Wow. Matt was trying to cook, and he went all in, and that was my only competition. So. I'm, why do I vaguely remember there was like a almost a hostile environment between you and Matt for a little bit? It was. He was kicking my ass, and then I had like the hand of a lifetime, and that son of a bitch full housed me. I mean, <laughs> second time in my life ever playing poker. So I don't know how many times that night I heard Dylan go, I, fuck, I squandered the farm on this one. <laughs> um, well, yeah, to finish, finish that tangent. Uh, Josh has been on episode 13, wall tent number three, episode 32, and episode 39 with Chance. Um, so yeah, you've been our most veteran guest, and I guess you're just the guy we can count on. Uh, but it's been fun. We've, we've done some uh, early season antelope success talks. We've done um, some elk hunting success, fly fishing knowledge, and uh, uh, happy to have you. And, and for everyone here, we hope we can carry this into next year. We'd love to have it. Obviously, this is this is our crew. Hopefully, we can get some even better podcasts next year. Everyone else's intro, one minute. Josh's intro, 25 minutes. <laughs> I feel like that was pretty even, man. I gave a... Uh, the whole time. Right here. <laughs> I know. I just need to I'm take this off. Like, <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> Hello. Everything you're doing like right karaoke now. karaoke night. The crystal. Let's <laughs> go. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sven and I, we, we know what the crystal of karaoke is oh, yeah. about. Right? I fell asleep there once during karaoke. You know, Ramsey can sing pretty well. Have you taken him there? He sung at my wedding. I, I, I think you and good. I had the best karaoke. Oh, easily the best song um, ever. Did you get back? No. No. Oh. Are you gonna say it? I don't know. Was what, it Wolf? Was, Wolf it? was he singing Wolfstein? No. Titanic. Did you guys sing Shallow. <laughs> will no. go on. It was uh, who's yeah. who sings that? What's his name? How does it go? Sing it. Well, for we me. can say this. Um, <laughs> getting red-eyed and rally. Ah, yeah, Dick Down uh, in yeah, Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Mike, I'm not thinking of the I was name. hoping you guys sing Who sings that, Ramsey? Oh, uh, I can't remember. That was a, it was a good time. Yeah. yeah we had some... Come on, brothers, is not affiliated with the Crystal, Crystal Lounge at all. No. <laughs> um, we're right at break. We're going to take a break. When we get back, we're going to let the boys talk. Uh, we have a lot of lots of topics to talk about. God. We love to... What did I... That was in my mumble? Was it Dylan, yelling? that was so loud. Oh, sorry. Just, just don't touch it. <laughs> um, but anyways, we're gonna we're gonna have these guys take over the show, and uh, there's a lot of guys in here that we haven't talked to in a long time. I want to hear about their hunting success this year. Um, I don't know. We'll, just, we'll get it going when we get back. But for now, we're gonna go to break. I just wanted to take a moment of your time to talk to you about one of our sponsors, F and H Contracting and Fence, located in Billings, Montana. If you're looking to spruce up your yard or want a little more privacy for them summer backyard barbecues. Or maybe you just need part of your fence repaired. 
Contact our friends at FNH Contracting and Fence by texting 406-661-7484. From front yards to farm yards and even chain link to vinyl, they've got you covered. Now back to the action. All right, and we are back. Um, like I said, we're going to turn this over to the guys. Sean's going to start us off with some some topics here, some questions for the guys. Um, I don't have my glasses on. I cannot read that far, so you're going to have to take it from here. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Let's get some personal questions first. You want some personal ones? Okay, so essentially the guys in here that we haven't had on since, obviously, hunting season ended, um, which there's a few of them, right, that we haven't talked to. Yeah, like, yeah. I want to hear, like, how did your guys' 2022 hunting season go? I mean, like, we haven't heard from Isaac. Um, tail end of ch- chances we didn't really hear about. Well, you were. So you guys heard my first opening weekend, and uh, that's about it. Yeah. And well, then, you, were ta- builders, you were tagged out there almost essentially in Archie. You hear my meals here, too. Yeah. Uh, I, can, I can talk about my season. Yeah. Uh, I got to spend a lot of time with my little brother. He's 12, and he he uh, he was set, he set out to get a mature mule deer buck, and it was just a lot of fun. We went every weekend and glassed tons of deer and a lot of small bucks. And he, uh, it was, it was really fun going with a, with a kid and, uh, he just did so good. And he, uh, he made it happen on mature five point or four point mule deer. And, uh, you don't see a lot of 12 year olds that like, Yes, you essentially you're saying like you guys you guys spent the time to pick out yes. a mature deer instead of just shooting the first thing you So you so so exactly how many weeks do you think you spent weekends or weeks or uh probably five. Five wow. weeks and then he uh towards the end I was like, Bud, you better shoot this one and he's like Should I? And then I was like, Yeah and he's like, uh I don't know. But when he when we finally did find the one that he wanted, he was so excited and and it all come together perfect. He made a good shot. Um, Ramsey, I ran into Ramsey and Sean. Oh yeah. When when, when he, him and I were doing our final uh, shooting before season started. Uh, but yeah, he he worked hard for his for his deer, and I was pretty proud of him. And then uh, I took the week the week off uh, Thanksgiving week, and I went with my dad on a. We went six miles back for mule deer bucks, and um, we tent camped, and I got one of those Seek Outside hot tents. Is that the one that you guys get? Yeah, it's it's a different. I have a different brand, but similar. They're pretty sweet. But uh, and we froze all night because we were burning <laughs> sagebrush. Oh my <laughs> God. So. so uh, Got were my, you six got miles back on there. the same ranch then? <laughs> I could smell it. No, we were we were out on some public land, eastern Montana, and we Takes got all, a lot we, of sagebrush. We got all the way back there, and <laughs> we're burning wet see. sagebrush. So every time we'd open up the, we'd have to start the fire one uh, every hour, pretty much. So oh, that's the one bad thing about those tents. They're awesome, and you're warm for like. 45 minutes and then you yeah. have to bust ass when you wake up and were you <laughs> trying to get it up to 105 <laughs> since was, that seemed to be the lucky here. temperature yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so we were, we were on a hell in here that those nights were horrible because we were on a hill and we'd wake up and we'd be halfway out of the tent i'd be like well 
for like the first six hours, I was like, why are my feet getting so cold? And I, I finally woke up enough and I realized I was all the way out of the tent pretty much. Because it's a floorless shelter. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we've had that happen in a wall tent before. Oh, yeah. Gosh, we were just so tired from hiking in that far and then not getting a warm place to sleep. Yeah, that's not. And, then, uh, and you have a 35 we foot tall thing of sagebrush to burn. <laughs> We were just grabbing chunks of little twisty. Just to stay alive? Yeah. This is the most hardcore person ever. I almost died because I ran out of water and then I almost froze to death that winter. Last year, me and a buddy were using those seek outsides and we shared one and I had a inflatable mattress, you know? Yeah. And we pitched it on a little bit of a slope and my mattress slid into the stove. Oh, yeah. And so I slept on the bare ground. Oh, like, no. So I know how miserable those. It, yeah. it seems like a good idea, but they're it's still rough enough for sure. Yeah. I feel like you guys could have chose flat ground, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, we could have. We were just well, see, this, this spot looks so nice because it, uh, it was like sandy, but it was on top of the ridge. It was windy. Um, we picked a pretty poor spot. <laughs> Did you get where you guys successful? Uh, yes and no. He was wanting like a 30-inch wide giant mule deer and we found some really really big ones and he took a shot missed but uh so so we went through that week way back way back and we didn't even need to go that far back because all the big bucks we've seen were right by the road <laughs> so classic natural uh, but yeah he uh he was selective there and didn't didn't shoot nothing i shot a, a mule deer doe and that was pretty cool because it was m- with my uh hand loads that i that was the first time i've ever shot anything with a rifle yeah. oh, oh cool. awesome that is cool um and then uh j- just saturday we went out on the traditional muzzleloader hunt with uh with my great grandpa's flintlock and my dad shot a four by four mule deer buck with the with the flintlock yeah. oh, how oh, was nice. that was that a cool experience to do with it's, the muzzle? it's we've been talking about possibly getting into that but then of course it's a whole nother um set of getting different rifles <laughs> this new well, hobby and they're just got so when you can fidgety too like if it's snows if it's snowing and you're out like you're almost screwed because your flint gets locked mediator did a episode of that did you watch the like, one in wisconsin yeah yes. they're having all kinds of problems it, like oh, i don't think i want to oh get into my that gosh when he shot because you have the your set trigger mm-hmm. and then your actual trigger on your muzzle loader or your flintlock is yeah. like a 16th of a pound yeah. sets it off and i mean he was having just so much yeah he's like oh that snowflake fell into my powder so it didn't go off <laughs> he <laughs> shoots no, he, I'm good. he had a buck a four by four whitetail coming up on him and he set his set trigger and was re- bringing the gun up to shoot and he shot halfway coming to his rest to shoot and scared the deer away. Because it, it kind of sounds like, I mean, I'm sure well, you were there, but there's a lot of variables that can go wrong. And yeah. So my dad went to shoot uh, one buck, and he had to pull the trigger uh, three times because every time he had, he pulled the trigger, the the flint goes down, hits the frizz, and the, uh, the powder in the pan. Right. It, it would go off. It'd flash. And then he just kept on feeling it. And it just didn't work out there, but his uh when he did get the buck, he shot it at 118 yards, which is yeah, yeah that's wow, pretty that's impressive. That's a long way. It was windy and call him last of the Mohicans. 
He was he was he was singing that song. He played that song uh, that like when they run into the woods. Yep, yep. Yeah, he played that song when we were driving in. What <laughs> <laughs> uh, marvel at this deer! But yeah, he uh, he made a good shot, and it, so he was 120 yards or 118. Uh, but I told him it was 100 so that he'd be a little bit more confident, and he smoked it. Perfect shot. Hell yeah. We do the same thing with clients. Well, it'll be 400 yards. How far is it? 250. They'll whack him every time, but you tell them it's 400 yards, they'll miss all day long. Yeah. Yeah. Because then they'll go try to compensate and shoot. Well, that's, that's even like dad was shooting his spike. We never told him how far it was. No. Then we told him how far away it was. Holy shit. <laughs> how, how far was it? 471. Oh, Holy shit. That Bagara, dude. Yeah, but... Uh, Matt won shot of the year, I think. I mean, he shot his whitetail at 690 yards. Jeez. Holy moly. Uh, but the like? gun I never shot. And we haven't really talked about this, but, I mean, maybe we did. I don't really remember, but we haven't always really been a fan of, like, because you see people on social media where they're like, it's shot my elk at 1,500 yards. And it's like, they're always talking about, like, I've never been the person to say, oh, shot my deer at 350 yards. Like, I, it doesn't matter to me. But I will say, after, like, learning the skill of that kind of situation was a, a, a crazy Oh, you experience. were with us, huh? I was there. Yeah. That's it. It's kind well, of- well, the biggest thing about it is when I took the shot, I was confident. On it. And uh, I guess the biggest thing is, is it was getting towards dark when I shot. And uh, <laughs> like I had no problem missing. Like I I shot and I'm like, God damn, I heard a smack. But I want to be cocky and be like, I heard a smack. I hit him, you know, and like, oh, damn, I don't know. And we get down there, and this thing's just piled up right where, I mean, it didn't take a step. And Did you have, like, a up. turret and, like, yeah. adjusted yeah. it? Oh, okay. Yeah, so we, but, we got we got introduced to it, essentially. Like, we well, got, well, and that's exactly how it happened is the guy's like, hey, shoot it with my gun. Because I'm like, I should shoot that. That looks like a big buck. I mean, I couldn't tell if it was a four-point or a 30-point. I mean, I just knew the way he was chasing them does it was a good buck. He's like, shoot it with my gun. How far is it? I'm like, 690, 689. He goes to 700 and he takes it one click back and he's like, just put it dead on. I'm like, Ugh. so I put it a little high and I shot it a little high. Yeah, it was turkey. It was like right on. It was, a, like it's like it was a maven, right? Yeah, maven yeah. scope. Those it, are- it was like a whole, like learning a whole new strategy. And like, I don't, I don't think we're gonna like dive into it. Like it's not something I want to do. But to to know that you have the ability to confidently and uh, ethically make that kind of shot is a whole new perspective on rifle hunting well it changed my whole mind with the the client because it was an actual client that was elk hunting we were elk hunting and we pulled up and it was getting dark and i'm like i should shoot shoot him with my gun and uh the thing is is he was telling me all day long me and rams or me and riley are sitting back there going this guy's on dope yeah like 850 yards he would take a shot or something he's like i'm comfortable up to 800 i'll take an 800 yard shot and we're like Dude, you ain't taking a 200-yard shot. You know? As long as you didn't have a 3 by 9 bush nail on his gun. And uh, and <laughs> oh, I yeah. shot I shot that whitetail, and I can tell you I would have let him take an 800-yard shot. Oh, yeah, the technology in those long-range rifle scopes, essentially, how, is just unreal. How many allows you to? How many of you guys shoot something, like, say, over 450? I never would have until I had a friend that spent all his money on a long-range rifle, and he had me shoot it. And we were shooting at 900 and just plinking small rocks. Like, it was no big deal. Well, well the biggest thing is the ranch, the owners of the ranch that we lease, they that's all they do is long-range. I mean, like, the gun here he had when we went out hunting, he's like, up to 1,200 yards, I'm good. 
me and Dave are like, Jesus, you know, 1,200. You don't understand what 1,200 yards is. It's like so far. Well, I'm, I can put a quarter at 1,500 yards in and knocking a quarter in the center of it. He's like, I know my gun. You know, but that's all Harry and Wales do is long-range shooting. Well, and I thought, I thought it was just a very cool and interesting thing to learn. Because, you know, you do this for long enough, and I guess we're only in our mid to late 20s. But at this point, you feel like you've learned a lot. And, and <laughs> some of us. Some of us are in our 80s. But uh, <laughs> um, you don't feel like you can learn something new like that. And to learn that was really a cool experience. Well, 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 it was kind of like my, my, my dad had an old trapper, Ray Catron. He lived to be 100. He was born in 1893, died in 1993. Never forget he shot his deer like at 420-some yards with a 220 Swift, and he just put the gun up and just dropped this this muley buck. We got a picture in the lodge in that back bedroom. And I'll never forget he handed the gun back to my dad. He goes, God damn, Dave, it's kind of nice shooting through on a telescopical thingy, but all you got there on that there gun, that thing's nice. He was 97 years old, never shot through a scope, wow. you know, and just pile drive that deer. But I'll never forget that story. Same thing for me, shooting that deer through this guy's gun, never shot it before. But it was just comfortable. I just felt, you know, it's kind of one of them deals when you have the shot and you just feel comfortable. And whether you miss or not, it was a good shot, you know. Yeah, and I, and I guess, like, the way I look at it, and I would say, like, kind of how we grew up was, like, I take my bow hunting strategy and also point it towards rifle hunting. And it's the mindset of, you know, if it's a shot that I'm not comfortable with, whether it's an 80 yard shot with my bow, hundred yard shot with my bow, get closer, be a better hunter and get closer. Right. And now I'm in the mindset where, yes, that is still my goal is to always get in closer and use my skills as a hunter but to have that in the back pocket now and know that you could ethically do that with the right equipment and the right practice was a really interesting thing to learn. Well, the biggest thing is is, is the guy had the bullets made to the shot. I mean, he pretty much knew he was going to shoot 600 to 800 yards. That is a very big... And he had the bullet made to the shot yeah. from six to 800. And uh, he spent the money for it, had the bullets made. And uh, it really opened my eyes up to buying the gun. I mean, it really did. Not not saying I, I'm going to feel comfortable now just because I know I can make an 800-yard shot. I'll probably miss 10 times out of 20. But it's got to be the right circumstance. If you don't feel comfortable, you're going to miss. I think that long-range stuff is cool, and if you can do it, that's awesome. But bow hunting has taught me that you can always get within two, 300 yards or yeah. something like oh, yeah. no problem. Well, our biggest so thing cool was thing. is where we were at, we had never got to that whitetail. No, and, that, and it's that not, not a pig of a whitetail. I did mount him. It's my it was like a 160-inch whitetail. Don't even listen oh, to this guy. Oh, it's a dink. Yeah, just a, <laughs> just a tiny little thing. And uh, <laughs> it wasn't Justin's. Uh, well, it wasn't a 200-inch whitetail. Sorry. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I guess get off that tangent. Uh, Isaac, how'd your season go, man? We haven't talked to you in probably six months. Um, yeah, it's been a long time. So... I uh, I got to go out a couple times this year. I didn't make it out for opening weekend for rifle. Um, I still have yet to do anything with bow, but um, I I think most of you guys probably know, but I had a kid, actually. Oddly enough, I feel like we learned about you having a kid the first podcast yep. that you had out there. was like the day yeah, you found out you were going to have a kid. Yeah, isn't that weird? Um, I remember because I, I had my Tundra, and I was at Discount Tire, it was in the shop, and I was putting wheels and tires on it. And my 
wife or my girlfriend at the time called me and she was like, I'm pregnant. And I was like, take the tires off, boys. <laughs> <laughs> do, I have, do I have them stop? <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, you know, panic moment. But fast forward, uh, kid is almost four months now. Uh, born September 4th, perfectly healthy kid. Um, he's cute as shit. And he's home with his mom right now. So um, I'm happy about it. It's a whole new life, different. Um, I mean, as far as hunting goes, if you asked me, uh, I was going out every weekend, totally. But um, my wife's priorities for me have changed. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm home more often than than not. But it, I, I love it. I That's life. I wouldn't trade it for anything. So, um, and in 10 years, you get to take him with you, eight years, yeah. you know, six years. You oh, started totally. young, take him with you, and yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. You shove him in your backpack or something right now. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> I was, we were already talking about taking him skiing somehow, like getting him in a backpack, but I'm also afraid that I'd fall. Fall, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fall I heard a crunch, but that could have been a put him in a wall tent, put him in a wall tent. I know he's in the wall tent at six, and he'll stoke the fire all day. There's for a you. nice ranger right Get there him for a game sale, boy. car seat approved. Yep. Yep. Game Boy and some Rice Krispies. So, um, that was fun. I went out um, a couple of times um, with some other guys that aren't here tonight. But, um, yeah, I mean, we had a really good time. I think Germany was the first time we went out, Garrett shot his bull. Uh, Good job, Garrett. And then, had a boy. Second time we went out. I don't even think I shot a deer, but it was just kind of a spur of the moment, meat in the freezer type thing. So, um, I mean, I knew it was end of season for me anyway, as far as what we had going on with the family. But was it a whitetail or a muley? Um, it was a muley. 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 Yeah. But yeah. Smaller. It wasn't too bad. Have you guys seen my first deer? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it was a little bigger. Than that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're just going up from yeah. there. You still have well, that? Well, no. I mean, last year I shot that four point. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. With Ramsel? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Had it gutted and back to the truck in like three minutes. I think it's cool that you, you were able to, to have this new life and then still make time for, you know, your passion. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, my wife's, I mean, she knew it was a big deal. You know, I mean, she was around last year when it was hunting season. And so uh, when it came up that, you know, I could get tags and uh, get out there. And she was like, yeah, go for it. And it was kind of kind of every other weekend thing, but easy, you know. It, it, well, it's so awesome just having that support, totally. you know, behind totally. you. Yeah, no, she's great. I love the woman. You get to fill the freezer, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As soon as that kid starts eating solid food. Venison, oh, take back straps. Yeah. <laughs> we're prepared. But, no, you guys were talking about buying new guns. I bought a new gun, too. I heard that. You got a Christensen Arms. Mm-hmm. Is it a Mesa or was it a Ridgeline? Yeah, it's a Mesa. Very cool. Very cool. 301 Mag. So that uh, the PR, the 6.5 PRC that he shot his white toe with was a Christensen Arms Ridgeline. Oh, okay. Um, that's what now he's obsessed with. Yeah. Getting they one. did have a PRC over at... We're going to bypass. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get one. I'm going to, I'm switching to a PRC too, which conveniently so we can share bullets. <laughs> well, wait, because there's. So, so we, you and me? 
Christensen's about to like release. Like, I buy them, you use them? Seven no, like, if there's a box in the range, <laughs> okay. it's usable. Really? Yeah, they're about to release a 7 PRC. Christensen is. Really? So just wait. I mean... Uh, the, three, the old three... I'm already hesitant to do it because I'm, like, terrified they're going to be $100 a box of shells. Seven. Uh, I mean, you can guarantee You it. bought that after season, though. Well, he had yeah, 100 bullets, man. I traded my Tika for it. Yeah, so, you know, Ramsey and I kind of did the nod. I, I think that's what I'm going to do is I'm going to get a, a – so they have the T3. I'm going to get T T-Lite, so then the upgrade one with the fluted barrel and the um, – I'm going to go trade my T3 in for one of those and a PRC. Yeah. No, it's it's an awesome rifle. I have – I mean, I've, I've watched tons of videos on him. I have yet to shoot it, but I – yeah, I can't wait to go put some rounds there. I just – just to kind of figure out where I want to be and what I want to shoot. It's been an interesting year for rifles. Uh, raise your hand if you've bought new rifles this year. Sean. <laughs> Isaac. As I was saying, is Ramsey and I did a non-typical route. We missed animals, four-legged animals, with them this year, and it's never the operator's <laughs> fault. You know? So it's only because it, they had four legs. Yeah. No, um, legitimately, though, like, I sighted my gun in three different times this year, my old 300. Every time I was just stacking bullets, you know, in, in the size of a quarter at 100 yards. And then just 200-yard shots on deer. I was just didn't even know where I was shooting. Your new gun is the bomb. Oh, dude, that thing is. is it, uh, that's what you got too, right? A Bagara? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you got, a, Bur- a Bagara. Mm-hmm. That's the 300. Yeah. Yeah, I got the 7. I was going for a Tika. That's what I went to buy. And the guy talked me into a Bagara. Well, it. what's the stats that you learned about this? <clears throat> that, that they're so accurate out of the box. Yeah, they're one um, one MOA guaranteed out of the box. And that barrel is just so like just heavy, but it. And they're not even really that heavy. They're just built. <laughs> yeah, they're just solid, and they don't punch so, you at all. I don't know about the three hundred. When I went and sighted my gun in, well, it's got a muzzle break, so it's not. That I hard. shot it at twenty five yards because the guy <laughs> bore sighted it for me. First first round right out of the barrel at 25 yards was dead center. I was mm-hmm. like, that's pretty cool, which is just a fluke. I mean, but put it out to 100 yards. I think it took me four shots to get it where I wanted it. Damn it. And then I put three more shots, it and they all six. hit the exact same hole. And I not even in a lead sled or anything. I mean, I was shoulder with a bipod. I gave it to my dad because I was like, you're going to shoot this because we had a hunting trip planned. He shoots it, puts it in the exact same hole that I had already shot. Yeah, so they're I, tack drivers. I oh, yeah, they're a cool gun. The I, biggest thing for you, Ramsey, is hunting with you this year versus last year and the year before. Oh, yeah. Was your confidence level. Oh, I, you were so confident. I mean, like when we came up on them cows, I, I mean, you, you were done. I, I was just getting the aftermath. I mean. Yeah, it, it definitely like is a nice feeling to be confident in a gun and have it return the favor. <laughs> It, and, and I mean, I think it boils down to the same with bow. I mean, if if you have a bow you've shot two or three elk with, I mean, why the hell would you trade it in for a different one? He's taking shots at me right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there anyone else in here that didn't even look through their scope of the rifle this year? Because that was me. Hey, well, you know, Sven didn't raise his Because I only too. shoot my bow now. <laughs> Sven is the new proud owner of a three at six Marlin. Mm-hmm. Thanks. To you got a new gun too? Yeah, I bought from this guy. <laughs> Yeah. Really? My very first gun, yeah. Yeah. See, I was gone. I um, know some guys that have a ton of 30 out six ammunition. <laughs> like 400 rounds. <laughs> if you guys I'll had to pick an all around gun, we'll take you up on that. <laughs> as far as caliber? 80, 80, box, 80 bucks, bucks a box. <laughs> Did I? We could load you more. <laughs> I will tell you, shoot it because I shot my deer with my dad's 6.5. 
That thing just absolutely obliterated that deer, but it didn't go all the way through. Which, I mean, in some circumstances, that's what you want. I mean, it completely, both lungs and the heart were just I was terrified. Pile of mush. I literally, Did like, you find the bullet? No, it was in like, like yes and no. It okay. was in about 300 pieces. Yeah. I was terrified of the style of the bullet. Could you shot, though, couldn't it? Yeah. I well, mean, it Palmer's mushroom. Okay. But I was like nervous because like the week before antelope started. No, it was no. Sorry, it was two weeks into and three weeks into antelope. Two yeah. weeks. I bought that three hundred. I was nervous to hunt antelope with a three hundred. And when I ended up shooting that antelope, it was it didn't even have an exit wound. You, you, you thought it was just too big of a caliber. Yeah, like I've always heard like because when we had Kevin on, you know, we talked to Kevin about calibers and you know, there's you know a lot of guys. I don't know if anybody here does it, but like they they run a three hundred thirty odd six. Um, you know, a 308 a caliber that size, like 30 caliber for deer and elk, Ma- mainly elk. And then you get guys that go down to like a, like a 243 or like a 25 odd six for like antelope and, you know, deer to a sense. And so I was like nervous. I was like taking a 300 out against an antelope. I was like, you know, I don't want to put an eight inch exit wound in anything or something crazy, you know, but I mean, I does, like, it, does anybody here do that though? Like, do you have a multiple guns for like shooting deer versus I elk? shot. I shot my bull and my deer last year with 308. Right. But, I mean, deer's not as. Well, well the biggest thing in like Trapper Dave uses is 243 for everything coyotes, deer, elk, yeah. everything. But as far as an all, over, all around round, what would you guys say? If you had to pick one gun what, for Chris, life. What did you say you hunted with? 270. 270. I was just going to say I like the 270. Yeah. The 270 is, I think. The all around. I've elk. heard it both ways. I've heard it from people that think it's too small for elk. And I don't know, I've I've never to this day I've never shot a two seventy in my life. Yeah, I like my two forty three a lot too. You know, I owned one for a little bit. And I loved actually, it. It was you, very fun. To shoot. Matt's daughter shot a deer with a two forty three. I mean, yeah. absolutely. Would you feel comfortable oh, yeah, hunting elk with that two forty three? Smoked it. We hiked twelve yeah. miles. Yeah. But yeah. She, she smoked, smoked it. In the beginning. It, though, I mean, it. it but just that's was when a you get in. Deer. That's when you get into the conversation of is a two forty three big enough? And all you know, she smoked it. but he went for twelve miles. Shot placement. Like, but but the biggest thing is 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 after she smoked it. I mean, this deer had she she hit him and then she hit him again, and uh, but we chased this thing for twelve miles. But I've never had a deer. Usually they go down. This thing was running ridge lines up and over. I mean, me and Ramsey were dead by the time. So we it, you're more or less there. you're trading like stopping power essentially. Yeah. Like yeah. it could be a kill yeah. shot. That's what I've always liked about the Seven Amendment. And, I, and yeah. I don't know if you can contest to this too. Is you know, I, there's always the force I feel like like you a lot of times when you hit them and you hit them in um, like even say you hit them in a gut shot which is obviously not what you're going for it seems like it, it brings them to their knees most of them yeah. um, versus uh, a smaller caliber that's just poking a hole for placement and that's why I've always enjoyed like that kind of caliber yeah I guess I, <laughs> I like uh, like I said I like the 7mm just because um, I, I always feel confident that I was going to get a I wasn't gonna have to chase something forever. I don't know. That's just a confident thing I have, and I guess that's why you shoot a three hundred. Oh yeah. <laughs> Did everybody get the voice or opinion on their favorite caliber, or is it just consensus of a two seventy? <laughs> this is a conversation we've. Had I go before. with the Weatherby two seventy. I'm a three hundred guy. All day I'm three hundred. There is a Weatherby store in Sheridan, Wyoming. That's where they're. That's yes, their there headquarters. You can make whatever caliber you have work. So. I guess. You Did you know the most deer shot 
in the United States of America has been a twenty-two long rifle? I can't believe that. Starting in 1850. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we're going to transition out of this unless there's anyone else that has some hunting stories. I mean, we didn't we didn't get to hear about your mule there yet. Me? Yeah. Well, that was a pretty boring story. Okay, well, then we're just going to skip you. <laughs> um, Forget it. Going into 2023, I'd like to know if anyone in the group has any, you know, based on the experiences from this season or just, you know, you're going into next year and this is what you do. Do you have any uh, physical fitness goals or um, things that you're planning to prepare you for next year, fishing, hunting, anything like that? Are you like looking uh, towards next year in any way? Um, I think I've got two things. One is I haven't had the opportunity to go hunting in the last three coming up on three years now. Um, I feel like technology and, um, apps and things like that are getting ahead of me. Like, I don't know, it was, maybe it was just, I turned 30, but, um, you know, they got Onyx and there's like these things about, you have to like private properties, you have to put your name in and stuff now, which usually it was just, you went and knocked doors or you knew somebody. So I'm going to have to learn that stuff i guess if, if i want to go hunting for deer next year i'm gonna have to learn how to uh figure out how to go hunting outside of just state land but um i've got military obligations coming up this next july so i'm gonna have to try to figure out how to uh, get a, a hunting season in next year you won't you don't think i will <laughs> well we'd like to thank you for your service oh thank you that's for sure thank you and um, I think my the big thing I want to do is uh, get some ice fishing in this winter with you boys. I'd like to hear that. I haven't done it since I was in my really young years, and uh, I'd like to get back into it. Oh, yeah. If, if I'm going to get some fishing in before the summer takes over and, and i got to go out to Alabama and do some physical training and stuff in the midsummer when peak fishing is, I'd like to do it while I can. Yeah, absolutely. Did you oh, get yeah. some ice fishing done this last weekend? <laughs> no. No. Talked about. See, I'm going to talk about something real quick. <clears throat> as long as I've known Sean and we've been ice fishing together, when, it, when the season comes and he knows that there's uh, some hard water out there, there's some ice building, there's a little twinkle in his eyes. I haven't seen that this year. I don't know what's been going on with him. I haven't spoke to him about it, but Ramsey and I tried to schedule a little ice fishing trip Saturday, and Sean couldn't swing it. It's not ready yet. He, he just it's it's supposed to be like the negative twenty next week. The fish aren't ready yet. <laughs> Sean's in touch. Sorry, sorry, Sean's in touch with the fish. He knows what's happening. Uh, we actually have talked quite a bit about how we'd like to do a lot more trips this year and enter some more tournaments. So if any of the Lodge Crew boys want to join. You're invited every time I we got go. A tournament. Where? By Haber. Fresno. Yeah. Yeah. For walleye. Walleye's a walleye tournament. I've yeah. done it before. That'd be fun. Except I'll pay the entry fee. I won't get into it right now, but uh it's a fun tournament. It is. Um there's there's, there's good damn walleye fishing on Fresno. That is for sure. Yeah, I saw there's a perch derby on coming up like in three weeks. I can't remember where it was at. It was a pop. It was a doable place. Um, I don't know if we want to do that or not. But did, did most of you guys have you gone ice fishing before? 
I want to really bad. Yeah. Well, let's let's, let's definitely like let's plan. I mean, and if you guys can there. tell my wife that an ice house is the way to go. No, he's he's not just a regular ice house, like a shanty, like a you no, know, like a trailer. That there's the one on Facebook right now on. for like ten grand. I saw that the green one, seven holes. Yeah. <laughs> Has a stove really? in it. With I was gonna show. I, I showed Sean that the other day. I was like, I bet Matt would buy this. And then Sean's like, <laughs> There's wrong. not good enough ice in Montana for this. <laughs> Matt does not need to waste his money. On oh, it. there's definitely good ice up Fresno, Siberia up there. Negative forty five with wind chill. Oh well, I guess we'll show. We'll show. Does it have a heater? It's decked and a out. TV. It's dirty decked out. We it's can put bunks. those things in there. Yeah, I mean, it's not like. Have you ever seen the the, the you betcha guys shanty that Bushlight gave? No. Yeah. Seriously, like if you get like it is, there's like four flat screen like 60 inch TVs in it. Like it's. I mean, TVs are cheap anymore. We can, we can do that. <laughs> what happens if you pull an ice shanty out and like you just? Because like I know a lot sure. of the way. I, no, I'm just you saying. Forget about it. A lot of the the way we ice fish is like, um, it's like more like active. Like it's running hole to hole to find. Oh, yeah. If you're taking an ice shanty like that out, you're not super worried about whether or not you're catching fish. <laughs> I'm worried about catching fish every time I go out. I don't give well, a shit. Well, we can keep the cabin warm and you can go out, yeah. drill your holes, run the I range I come back around. and there's just ice on my beard. I have fish. I have brought sustenance. <laughs> Please watch Grumpy Old. I'm glad you got that yeah. word right this time. <laughs> Matt's watching Brokeback Mountain in the lawn. I tell you what, though, our first Brokeback experience, that your guys' first ice fishing in um, tournament experience and Josh was there for that. That was absolutely miserable. <laughs> <laughs> Josh went with us last year on a big pike fishing. I, was say, I want to go to Fort Peck again. That's the only ice fishing experience. Uh, we're I've going New Year's Eve with the Harmons. Yeah. Would you like to go? Yes, I mean, yeah. we're going. That was a blast. It, uh, it was except the whole time he's sitting there and like we're using tip ups and he's just miserable. You put a rod in his hand. He literally jigged for like seven hours one day. I remember at the tournament <clears throat> when so I took him to the biggest problem was is where I wanted to go because I had fished this lake a lot. It was over on the side of Montana that I was from, and I knew where the like this where we caught walleye all the time. And it was a it was it was any species contest. It was, it was, it was perch and walleye. And then they changed it, it last year to yeah. where there was okay, a biggest that's fish, even if it was a rainbow. Yeah, so it was biggest, um, most, and smallest was the the trophies. And I had a ping on my Onyx where I used to go walleye fishing all the time, and we catch tons. And and it, perch was in there too, where we were going. And I was talking to a guy when we were signing in. A guy I knew that I've fished with or known from fishing up there. And he told me that this whole side that I wanted to try and get to was an entire pressure ridge across. And they weren't allowing anybody to cross that. And so I was like, well, we're screwed, boys. <laughs> like, I don't know where else to fish. I've never fished anywhere else on this lake. I was like, I, I know it's a trout spot, but that's not going to help us. Yeah. And so we went to a spot. And I remember at one point, I because Ramsey hadn't had his um, flasher yet. And so I had mine, and I remember at one point, Josh pulled a chair up next to me on my hole, and he goes, so this is ice fishing, huh? <laughs> Bobbing, and he's like, so I showed Josh, you know, like the flasher and like how it works, like the Vexlar and all that stuff. And I was like, yes, yeah, so if there was a fish, it'd be right there. And the entire day probably drilled. 40 or 50 holes. Uh, in like a 400-yard radius. Yeah, and it was a two-pole tournament, wasn't it? two fish. That was it. I think – didn't uh, what was your buddy um, Jacob? Uh, yeah. Jacob showed up like forty five yeah. minutes. Shit house. Yeah, yeah. forty five minutes. <laughs> he was there to into him being there, and he gets a bite. Didn't actually pull it, but <laughs> <Didn't> feel it. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, it, I mean, ice fishing is just like it's you can't really compare it to anything else. Cause it's a, that was it's my first experience, and I was like, I hate it. Was in Lake Sacagawea. You guys ever been there up in Newtown, North Dakota? That's the only ice fishing I've ever done, and it's seriously like three hundred shanties out there. Oh yeah, and people have Prime Star going, and the race is on, or football, or whatever, and they're just getting shit faced. Now, if he, you guys, he would have like if you guys like you and me, I think are going to be new ice fishing partners right go. here. Spear fishing, let's, let's go. Some yeah, milk and <laughs> some chicken, and we're good to go. I ran into guys. Well, chum ever spearfished. I ran into guys on Holter that were going out at like midnight doing it, and then I was like leaving, and I had a camping tent was my ice house, and I met up with those guys, and I sat there till four in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we could definitely put something together for all of us to yeah, go out and just have. A I blast. think we could even invite Chad. I don't know, just because he has a, a hub. No, no, I don't know if we can invite Chad. Bring the podcast. <laughs> All right, you gotta clarify. Dude, we've actually chat. been considering like doing live, what? like YouTube live podcast next year in the in the ice hut. Chad, did you like, guys while we're catching fish in a shanty? That's, that's, did you guys let's make this clear? The story of of Riley last year, like this would have been like his third or fourth time ice fishing, and we got stopped by a warden out on the ice, <laughs> and the awkwardness that came out of this human being. I think we talked about this on your podcast. Yeah. The whole time. Remember something like Literally that. the dude spilled all of our magnets maggots in the hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, Couldn't find his license and he's like, sorry sir. You know, like, you're doing <laughs> I don't usually get like that. I don't know if it was that situation like to be in like a, a room and then have someone like come into our space just like threw me off. The, you know, I can't believe I forgot that. I don't even think I mentioned this the last time we talked about the tournament was we had my buddy Dalen came with us. Josh, you remember Dalen? Yeah. We both went into the ice house and he, we fell asleep and I woke up before him. We fell asleep with our lines in. And I woke up and he was just zonked. And I gr- went over and reached over and grabbed his line and went doop, doop, doop. He came out of sleep. <laughs> It's a big it caught the top of the ice house. He's like, You asshole. Like, I had to do it. That's okay. That's how I normally set f- fly fishing rods. That's how Ramsey sets fly fishing rods, too. It's got bass line. I think uh I think you'd like that peck the peck trip that we did. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Last year. That was a blast. Even if well, we were well, like, I've never been up there ice fishing, oh, but, but James and them guys do a lot of it up there it's and it's only two hours. Really? Okay. What's that? To peck, it's only like two and a half. I think it was no, like three. No, it's, it's, it's about four. Oh, right really? Yeah. yeah. You, the first time I saw a peck, I was like, is this the ocean? Yeah. 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 There's, like no, there's no land yeah. as far as you can see. Yeah. It's yeah. like, we are. That's Alaska over there, right? The thing that was through me was like, it's like someone took a lake and threw it in every hunting spot I've ever been to. Like, I was never expecting it to be like, Rolling sagebrush timber hills. I guess it makes sense it's in the Missouri breaks, but I think there's a golf course coming soon. I mean, <laughs> they're building it up. Yeah. <laughs> it's on the rise. Last place. <laughs> the next Pebble Beach. Yeah. We better get on that realty right now because I mean, it's it's going to get big. Yeah. We'll just get some investors. We'll build an airport. There you go. Okay. This well, Mountain Brothers will build a lodge and uh, I'll come just timeshare it. We can get Kevin Costner. Yeah. <laughs> that can't be too hard these days, right? What did Joe say? Kevin Costner. Oh, he plays a good guy. Okay. Yeah, well, to end that, uh, ice fishing is coming. And if you guys want to come with, let's do it. 
Let's get some. I think we some, can even drag some wives and girlfriends out as well. Some yeah, I mean, why not? I feel like that's one of the hobbies that you could do where like it's comfortable for everyone to come and have a good but time. They still have if we have an ice house. Yeah. The the be cold. The coolest thing. 90 degrees in that bitch yeah. if you want it. The weather's good though, like a poker table and some booze out that's on the ice. Yeah. That's literally so fun. Why yeah, set up like awesome. 12 twist my arm. <laughs> yeah. It's so fun. Put me in an ice house. I was like in there. I'm like, dude. I'm like stripped down to a shirt and pants. I'm like, this is. I thought I was gonna freeze my ass off in here. Get any hotter? It's gonna get wild. We used to go out, <laughs> and, uh, we used to go out on. Uh, I can't. I don't. I don't really want to say the lake because that's cool. Um, and you know, like cowboy poker, where they do it like in the bullpit. It's kind of not really the same at all. But in a way, we go out there and play poker job, with a taser. <laughs> and if you lost the hand, you get tased. And we do that out on the ice while we're fishing. Oh, that just sounds, that sounds terrible. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like it. I got a taser. That sounds yeah, very great. We, we, bring we did that in high school. Come up with with an eight foot pole on it. I use it for my cows. A hot yeah. shot. <laughs> you know what I'm talking yeah. about. When we're in high school. Some of us <laughs> might have heart conditions. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fine. If we bring Speeds, you, yeah. they're safe. Well, the the, the coolest thing is, is we're actually looking at a trip in February. And I can do up to 10 people so I could take this group. Whoever can come, um, Chad can't come. <laughs> no, no. Can't wait for Chad to watch this. He, t- I, I talked to him before, and he's like, "Give me a shout out." I was like, "Because we actually have a family <laughs> cabin on Fort Peck up there." Oh, sweet. So, um, we've been looking at dates for that for what the last ten days, probably. Yeah, and I think Ramsey and I'll probably be up be up there several times. Like we're going for we're going to do a New Year's Eve trip, like I said, and then and, uh, you know the nice thing about ice fishing too is like how like you didn't have any gear for it, and it was fairly inexpensive to get into. It's it. not the worst. I mean, there's a lot more expensive. It's fairly inexpensive until you get to the point that we're at. We're like, you know, you got to buy a flasher. Nice and yeah, well, luckily nice Ramsey got a nice house. You got the people that I bought it from what? stole it. But uh, I just take the pinnacle out there. I spent more on beer for the Fort Peck trip than I did on gear, and I think I got the biggest fish. So. <laughs> Dude, I... Josh is now win. sponsored by Bush <laughs> You're welcome for me talking your way into that fish. Yeah. Like, Josh hasn't caught one all weekend. He's like, yeah, you can Wait, hang on, just so we don't need to hear about that. <laughs> I think my favorite part of the whole trip is, uh, like, we all wanted to catch multiple pike, and then we're picking up all of our... Uh, our tip-ups and like i just had a random fish on one i think my favorite part about doing it that way is like well i'll just be sitting around bsing and then all of a sudden someone will look over and be like flag and then everyone gets on the <laughs> four wheelers and it's just like a freaking stampede it's over like, it's that. like an instant adrenaline rush dude if you guys want to yeah. catch pike i'll just rent the whole pond for the weekend <laughs> dude i've been talking to ramsey i'm like i thought that dried up i'm like no, does doesn't oh, Dylan have a lake? <laughs> Dylan does own a lake, yes. <laughs> isn't, isn't I want to put trout back in it. Let's catch all the pike. Come on. I was like, couldn't we just go ice fish this lake that yeah. your friend owns? <laughs> how, do, how do the regulations work for a... There's none. No. Oh. It's, well, if you look at the rules, we're not supposed to stock pike in it, but naturally they showed up there coming downstream. So, really, FWP wants us to get rid of all of them so we could put trout or crappie or walleye. Do you know how fun of spear, like a spearfish oh, trip dude. That we could have? Anyone I see a raffle coming up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll host that. 34-inch pike to, I mean, last time I caught the smallest one was about 7 inches, so we got oh, all Jesus. sizes in there. 
But I mean, the trout that were in there before were nine pounds because we we planted it with uh, those Kemloop, um rainbow salmon cross, and they grew so fast. They were fun to catch, but and somebody put pike in there, and they. Yeah, we don't know how the pike got there. Well, didn't you say you guys kind of deduced that it was a flood? We, yeah, we don't know if they came downstream or someone used uh, minnows. They were pike minnows, or but I mean, I mean, we first noticed them. There was a thirty-four inch in there, so obviously they had to come down. So. Right. Yeah, you don't just miss a. Pike no, you don't nothing. just. I'm using a thirty-four inch minnow here. <laughs> how big is it? How big is the, the pond? The water. Um. So it's probably about. It's good size. Yeah. We could do it. Like a four-hour competition, like dude. That would be fun, like, like a a tournament between yeah. all of us. That would be sick. Lake Elmo, size? just like you got four hours. Pr- from team what I heard, catches it's the most. highest weight. That'd be fun. Yeah. Just, I think most fish would be the best way to do the it. The only thing you can launch in there is a paddle boat or a little uh, trolling motor, or you can throw a stand-up jet ski in there. We threw that in there in high school and had a good time. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting how like uh, like what are your guys' thoughts on tournament type stuff? And I'll bring this up because uh, I came across a coyote derby the other day, and uh, I've always been—I've never done one, but I've always thought they were just kind of—they're uh, fun. Yeah. How do I say this? Like, I actually, uh, got invited to one. But the one that I saw was interesting. Uh, like, it wasn't a weigh-in. Like, I, I like to in my mind, I compare them to a bass tournament in a way, because like you're weighing stuff and you're bringing stuff in for. And the way you won this tournament is like, if you got a coyote, you went in for a drawing. It's like I don't know if that's, that's really, weird. I don't know if that's really something I'd want. Well, the one we just had in South Dakota was the the biggest coyote, so you could have two coyotes per group. Yeah, that's the one in White Sulphur. And it was the heaviest coyote won the won the yeah. deal because uh, Lyle's son won. I mean, thirty eight pounds up home doing. I had a neighbor. Well, it was the winner of nineteen or eighteen. Did twenty thousand dollars worth of coyotes. Oh, and. Fur. and we got a shit ton of coyotes, so I mean, come up. You could shoot twelve in the evening, just you know, spotlighting, calling them in, kind of shit. Yeah, it's pretty addicting, actually. It's yeah. Fun. Well, I've, I mean, I've, I've well, definitely well, done well, the coyotes. There, there, there's actually a ton of money in fur. I mean, if yeah. it wasn't for the trappers and the coyote hunters out there, I mean, we have no clue on how much uh, predator control there is. Oh, yeah. With trapping and, and hunting coyotes. Yeah, before for our the, population, for yeah, our deer and elk. Coyote derbies, we'd call in the state trapper, and he'd come up and spend a, you know, two weeks in a helicopter shooting them from a helicopter just to keep the numbers down because we yeah. have so many coyotes. How long is that tournament up in White Sulphur? A day, like, 24 hours. No, they do one that's months long, right? Because Luke Keekley. Like the, the football s- player? Yeah, the star linebacker. Uh, the one they're the doing this Panthers year is 24 hours. His dad lives up there. Yeah, but it's like we were up there, and it was like a it was like three months long, hmm. or something crazy. The most coyotes that you can haul in in that amount of time, or something. Oh god, hmm. it'd be hundreds. We've been considering doing one, but I I did. One I don't know how I feel about it. And it was kind of like a like backwoods redneck tournament, but it was easy. What you say? There's still prize. <laughs> I haven't seen any prize up there. It was backcountry, man. A lot of them you can't use. Like the only motor motorized vehicle you can use is a four wheeler. Is most of it. Oh, now most ones up home are ATV. Run them down, shoot them off a snowmobile. Yeah, yep. I mean, a lot yeah. It don't really matter how you get them. It just it it's, yeah. it usually goes with the most numbers and the biggest coyote. Yeah, there was the one that I was the the weird one I was reading the other day. You can't use uh, ATVs or side by sides. 
That's all foot miles. Yeah, it's all weird. I, I don't know. It's like that, uh, I'm pretty deadly in a side by side. Oh yeah, for sure. Unicycle? You'd run down the hole. <laughs> you know, well, I, would, Polaris, I would seriously you know, consider like a mountain bike. Dude, I just used the Polaris. I didn't even. You know what's a big thing that I saw that I witnessed this year is those e-bikes. You ran straight down the weed strips. Oh my gosh! Leonard and Neil had one. How many people here though are the type of person that if you're hunting and you see a coyote, you shoot it? Well, well, the biggest thing that screwed me multiple times. I think the biggest thing with the e-bikes and even the Rangers is they're so damn quiet, and when you do do come up on something, they spook so damn bad because you're coming in so quiet. You know. It's one thing to get get to a spot to call, but Linder and Neil had a lot of problems with them elk this year coming in on the e-bikes because they'd spook them on their way in. All of a sudden, here's somebody on a little two two seater, you know, two guys on a <laughs> on the back <laughs> of it. Like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> is that a chupacabra? <laughs> but I'll tell you what, the e-bikes have came a long ways. Oh yeah, hey, they're also like seven grand. Yeah. <laughs> Electric Ranger. That's the hell of a way to get around. Hey, they're supposed to believe there's, I don't think there's you need anything. Ramsey and I drove into like eight elk one time in a <laughs> an old pickup. <laughs> in a in a ninety Chevy. The old ninety eight Chevy. Like, the, uh, like, like twenty yards away from them. The biggest thing is is we have these new Rangers and I can tell you I can come up on more game on my two thousand twelve Ranger than I do on my twenty twenty two. Cause they're so damn loud they hear you coming from a half a mile away. And a lot of time they'll come out, the, the deer and elk will come out going, what the hell is that coming? And that is no joke compared to what we have now. I mean, how, how close can we get to the antelope? Not very close. I mean, it's all situational, I guess. But Once again, let's come up and go shoot some antelope up home. we got lots of them. Dylan <laughs> is just trying to pawn off. You are only legal to shoot one antelope here. <laughs> I don't care. Shoot I'll just, well, I'll just, we'll just lease it from you. <laughs> One one penny an acre. Or? I gotta throw That's the going rate. one thing in here. Nobody in this room has mentioned how fantastic Riley's shirt is. Yeah. Nobody. And his oh, shorts. And it's just, I, I, I see, I, I'm a big shorts guy. It's I wear shorts all the time. Shit for wearing shorts, shorts today. Like I don't wear shorts. They're clean. <laughs> they're clean. I've been hunting bothered since I'm glad they're clean. Well, he's been down that's in good. he's been down in Savannah all week, so <laughs> oh, that's an inside joke. You can't even laugh at that. Uh, I threw myself under the bus for for the for the humility of the group, and no one even laughed at it. I did inside. I don't think that word means. Is that like a maple? You want me to go one a button undone? Or? Well, I was just wondering, do the bu- do you go one button less each like time we take a break? Yeah, we better give him another beer. We'll yeah, get some buttons on it. You guys well, ever watch my beer covers like my- when they're like. Take it off. Take it. No, put it back on. Put it back on. <laughs> it's like well, Planet it's, Lockwood here. It's the holiday season. I'm in the, I'm in the spirit here. Uh, I, was told the I, was, spirit. I was told I was supposed to wear a Santa Claus hat tonight, but that was not going to happen. Uh, it's conflicting. Right there if you want to just toss it. Nah, I'm yeah. good. Um, we have gone so off the rails. <laughs> um, we are close to break. We're going to go straight to break, and we're going to come back. We're probably going to finish things up tonight. Yeah. Um, it's been fun. I'm glad everyone could come. And uh, Sven, we gotta we gotta get some we gotta get something out of you for tonight. Yeah, what do you got for Germany? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> With that being said, we'll be right back. Jesus, Sven. Okay, I want to hear from you because we didn't we didn't ask you. You didn't get out that much. No, hardly if, at all. At all. I don't think you you pulled only up the went, scope once. Yeah, only went out once with Ramsey and his dad. What are your goals going into twenty three? 
Well, I mean, obviously I'm still like learning a lot and I haven't gone out like a lot at all last year, a couple times with you guys. And then just once this year, um, picked up Ramsey's old bow too with, uh, with, with, I've, I've practiced them with a lot at home. Um, and then just got that rifle from Dylan. So I'm just kind of trying to get better, you know, um, go out to the range and shoot, um, and just kind of build up my confidence, you know, uh, last time was a little frustrating, um, pulled up on, on a deer and didn't quite, you know, get it. Still haven't pulled the trigger, uh, at all. So yeah, just kind of trying to keep oh. learning. He didn't, wear say, a, he didn't wear a white sweatshirt. This, this no. <laughs> We're not no. antelope. I will say the thing that I was proud of you the most is you didn't just willy-nilly pull up and shoot. Like yeah. You weren't comfortable with it, so you didn't shoot. And that is a really hard skill in your first, or second year of hunting to just have. Because there's a lot of people that just go out and shoot the leg off a deer. Shoot a leg off a deer, <laughs> yeah. and then you're chasing it. And, and that's, like, that's my like biggest fear coming in like i don't want to just wound the animal and right. just you know just not kill it that's like something i would feel so terrible about so like i just want to make sure that i'm oh, confident 100%. and like good at taking that shot and actually kill the animal so like that's i think we talked about that like the very first time me coming in as like new hunter that i just don't you know i just have that ethical way that i'm looking at it that i don't just want to you know, go out there and just shoot like crazy just you know i just want to go out and do it the right way you know and it, back to what like matt said like with clients and stuff where you know you pick you get your yardage and you know say it's 350 that we kind of did that same thing with Sven, where it was like you know like he was out to the point of like shooting at 350 he goes how far is it we're like 250 you know trying mm -hmm. like to make him feel more it's mm -hmm. not like Oh, we want him to go out and just shoot. It's like he shot. I mean, the most you, the farthest you shot with us was a hundred yards. You were, yeah, you were, you know, knocking pennies at a hundred yards with Ramsey's three hundred. And you know, I feel like you felt more confident going into that, knowing because you you told me at the beginning of that trip was like I don't feel comfortable shooting over three hundred yards. Yep, you know, for sure. And so, like, just using that technique that, like, I'm sure guides use all the time is it was important i feel like he felt more confident going into that yeah and then it's, like, it's nice to have my own gun now that i've uh tried out last weekend a couple weekends ago and i like it and you know i try to go out at least like once a month now to did it go, go well shoot it. yeah went pretty well i scoped myself very first shot go <laughs> <laughs> God, who does that? It has yeah, only yeah, kicked that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I said something last week about somebody getting scoped. I can't remember who it was. Oh, it is one hundred percent me. He shot an elk. I watched him shoot an elk and, and then he had like a blood all yes. in his face. So two years ago during shoulder season, I it was more or less just me being negligent. I was I was down a hill. So like the angle that I had to have the gun, I was like looking down into it instead of, and it wasn't a hundred percent into my shoulder. Like I felt confident because I know if the crosshairs are where they need to be, I'm going to hit the elk. And I shot, and I mean the adrenaline was going, so I'm like hooping and hollering. He's literally like scream, like he gets up, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought it was sweat because we kind of ran <laughs> Come after on, him, man. and Sean's just looking at me like. <laughs> 
I mean, there's blood all over my face, <laughs> time, all over my hands. Every time shit. you and Sean hunt, he's just terrified I that you're am, dying. I wish Chad was here tonight to attest. To I literally thought I have that hat. Yeah, that was that uh, the um, the podcast forty four. Uh, I hear about Ramsey almost dying. <laughs> every time we hunt now, I think our hunting groups are fucking perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you guys do your deal. Me and Riley do our deal. Fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what has it been like learning? the bow hunting and shooting a bow and stuff like that. It's a whole new fun. ball game. Yeah. I mean, since I moved out to Shepherd at my, like, I'm on five acres. So like, I just put my own target out there and like go out and shoot every day. Um, especially when it was nice out. I just, every day I got at least like 20 shots up or something. Um, and got, like gotten a lot better. Like just increased my distance as I went and like, so between bow hunting and rifle hunting, which one are you more confident on? Um, I mean, I think still like rifle for sure. I mean, I haven't gone out with a bow yet, but I enjoy bow hunting and just kind of like the patience you have to have and like just in like the skill, you know, I really, and like it's something I would like try to take my mind off of things, just going out and shooting the bow because it just kind of, calms your nerves i feel like and just get that's well, well it's a whole different i mean it's day and night difference is apples and oranges but uh bow hunting as soon as you get them bulls coming in i mean um biggest thing like with clients is you'll get them big bulls coming in and they won't shoot and you're like shoot mm -hmm. shoot shoot and they just they can't believe how close they are you know and that's the coolest thing about bow hunting i think it's just how goddamn close you are to yeah. these animals, and they have no clue you're there. It's just like chances. I mean, he he walled for what twenty minutes on you, ten minutes. Well, I was I was sitting there for twenty minutes. Yeah, knowing that that was your bowl. I mean, it's just the adrenaline. You go from like when we called Riley's, and it was just it was an experience I'll never forget. It was with one of my good friends. And he'd done a hell of a good shot. But knowing we were busted going in there and still getting to the tank, calling them back, bringing them up, identical the way they were supposed to, you can't replace that with a mm. rifle. Yeah, and I would say, correct me if I'm wrong, bow hunters in the room, um, bow hunting is always going to be more, it, 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 it's more in tune with your primal instincts, I feel like, and it's more spiritual. Like, it's you're so much more invested your mind's more invested, your body's more invested, and it's just so much. You feel like you're, I don't know. I just, for me, it just, I wouldn't trade it for anything, really. You, can, you like go from saying, yeah, you know, like how close you get to animals knowing they're there, and then you can take like a Riley and I's experience with Riley calling in a bull for me at 25 yards, and we both didn't even see him. He heard him, I didn't see him. Yeah, I just, it's crazy. I mean, they're bugling all over and inside of us, and you don't even put eyes the, on them. The, they're ghosts. The, the funniest thing about Riley's when Riley shot his bull is he, he said, correct me if I'm wrong, Ramsey, but uh, he said, you know, if I shoot a bull, bull I'm going to start crying. Well, he, this son of a bitch, we got gutted coming back to the meat pole before it finally realized through his brain that he had an elk in the back of the ranger. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was still like, this did not just happen. Well, it was a weird experience for me because, like, I always thought about like, like I, I would, I'm a person that like visualizes situations 
to, to try and like put myself in that position. And 10 years of visualizing has put me in 700 different situations. And it always led to like, like I thought, like I always, like I would get emotional thinking about like doing that. So I'm like, dude, I bet I ball my eyes out when this happens. And the first thought that hit my brain when I shot that elk was like, I was like instantly like I was frantic in a way because I was like, I, I got to get, I got to find him. Like I got to find blood trail and like make sure that, and uh, luckily I had made the best bow shot of my career and he only went like 30 yards, but um, I didn't get to comprehend what had just happened till it was like, oh shit, I finally did it, <laughs> you know? Like Well, well, well it went <laughs> down, <laughs> we went and high five, chest bumped, had a beer real quick, <laughs> had to drive all the way back to go get the knives. Because we had no pack. Sounds like a... And, uh, he did it intentionally. Well, 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 that was the biggest thing that morning. He's like, grab your pack. I'm like, if we grab the pack, you're not going to shoot nothing. If I grab the pack, we're not going to see nothing. So I left the pack at home. And it worked. The most superstitious guy logic. ever. That's our logic, too. <laughs> I told these guys, I was like, oh, leave the packs. We'll be lighter. Sure as shit, they both shoot elk way up on top of this goddamn mountain. We couldn't... <laughs> I had a little knife so they could notch their tags out, but that was about it. And like uh, like Isaac, was that bull you shot last year? Was that your first elk ever? Mm-hmm. I mean, like that experience just had to have been. I mean, oh, totally. Well, and especially not having hunted for years before that, you know. Well, and the two two guys talking shit to you the whole time about mm-hmm. not pulling a trigger on a cow. Yeah, that's. I mean, your first elk being a bull in a place like you were where. It's public land, dude. It's 50 50. Not even 50 50, like 95. Well, that's pretty cool, too. I mean, your first elk now was on public land, too. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. I think a lot of people probably say that in this room. I mean, honestly, that was for you about 10 miles as the crow flies from where Isaac shot his bull. Was yours public land? My first bull? Your first elk. Yeah. Well, it was private public. I was lucky. I got to go hunt on the NX, which is an elk refuge, but that was a. family favor oh okay but i was just gonna say going all the way back to earlier in this podcast tonight where we were talking about how there's scopes and we're shooting things at 900 plus yards now nothing is gonna take from that feeling of i mean my favorite hunts ever have been bow hunting where you call stuff in that you're never gonna get a shot on and you know it but you've called it in and it's 50 yards away you can't get a shot on it because it's there's cows and everything or, or does or everything around it. But you've done that and you put in the work on shooting for multiple months, sighting in the bow. I mean, I don't I don't think you're ever going to take away from that what a scope and a new rifle can do these days compared to a, a bow hunt. I right. Because I mean, you can't like you go into like if you take rifle. Sure, you take your time and you get into a groove with that firearm, right? Like you you know what it's capable of, you're comfortable with it. That's about all you do for rifle. Archery is, you know, obviously the same deal, you know, making sure your bow is on and you're comfortable with your bow, but you're also like you gotta get your calls down. You know, you gotta you gotta be in some physical shape because you're not road hunting in archery season. Like you gotta make sure that your body can sustain what you're going to put it through hiking hills doing all that stuff getting in with the animals you have to get in shape mentally too because you get your ass kicked all season well then let's talk about the experience both in the room 
I always like to think about it going into the season, and and I talked to Ramsey about this too because um, a funny thing happened this year where we, we did we've talked about this in depth about our camera use and and knowing what was on our properties and um and he and him and Sean would be like oh I'm gonna shoot that bull or shoot that bull and I I told him I said dude in a realistic season you're gonna get if you get three opportunities to pull your bow back you're having an amazing season in my opinion I mean wouldn't you say chance I mean yeah it just depends on what area you're in uh but yeah it, it's, it's a hard thing like most people don't even get to pull their bow back yeah i feel like you get well, well, well there's a lot of people that that if they pull their back bow back three times in a lifetime is huge yeah i feel like you get that more false um opportunity in a in bow hunting like for the instance like you're you're calling you know and you're you're bringing a bull in that happens more than I mean. Obviously, you draw on your bow back, and like it's just there's more. Um, like you fail more almost. In that yeah. How many hunters? How many real time experiences do you think you have in a season, Josh, of actually like calling, like communicating with a bull, or calling them in silently? Like how many realistic times do you think that you get that opportunity every year? Yeah, I'd say on average in a season, like three to four would be like an average season a good season if you have five or six that was a good and a lot of guys have a lot more depending on like chance said right. where you're hunting but do I'd do any of you guys i mean i've never shot a 400 class bull chance but um how many guys once you pull the bow back and you actually hit your target and you take your bull down to your cow or you shoot one rifle cow season whatever you're almost disappointed that you got it i mean like for me, when I shot my cow with Ramsey the other, you know, back in what November, I was like, God dang, my season is over now. I shot my deer, I shot my elk, I'm done, you know. And it was almost more of a, it was a, I was on a high, but I was on a low at the same time because I knew I, my season was done. Where it's those experiences going out with Ramsey, Riley, and Warren and making those memories where you can't want one more weekend. You know, let's let's take it to the next weekend and let me guarantee I'm going to get one that weekend, but let's take it for one more weekend. Where I think a lot of people, you know, like I said, for you, Chance, I mean, you you found your bull. You got the bull you were going after. You worked your ass off for it. I mean, it wasn't given to you. You worked your ass off for it. Where I could still be on a high, but at the same time, you're kind of on a low that, you're done you're done so soon in the season and you want to make more memories with your buddies right i think yeah. it just goes to show how much how much mental effort you put into it even in the preseason you know everybody knows the guy that's been scouting for weeks and weeks that somehow found time to go up every night and and scout and then there's you know guys like isaac who has to like you know hopefully get a weekend or two to go out. He's had no time to scout. He's had no time to really go out and shoot. So, I mean, everybody's in a different boat and you're all exactly, you're looking for just those, those memories, really. I could give a shit less if I shot as the memories. Like I'd rather see Sean Ramsey, all you guys shoot before me the you know and that's why I, I i love guiding so much is i get to hunt the animal i just don't get to pull the trigger and that's but but i am i am killing the same animal they are because i put more effort into it than they did but uh i get to go out the next weekend yeah you know and that's like 
what me and Sean are talking about. There was multiple times in our elk hunting trip where one of us, just one of us right then and there could have shot a cow. But it or was a bull. or a bull. And for me, I mean, I, as far as I know, I ruined the stock because I was the one in front moving whatever when the cows took off. But I was thinking in my head, I'm like, man, I could lay down right now and I could shoot a cow and be done. I was like, but I want to get to where all three of us have a shot. Because I'd rather see, you know, these two get their first elk than me shoot another cow. I do remember specific. Uh, <laughs> Chad was, I, f- I said it when Chad was on, but I felt really bad for Chad because Ramsey and I were just doing our thing. And Chad was just like a little chicken with his head cut off, just following us. And there was a point where we s- we saw a, well, he's good at it. He's really Chad, good at Chad. that. Um, there was a point where we saw a cow bedded at like 280. And I saw her and looked at Ramsey and I was just kind of doing like one of these I was like I could just shoot her right now and Chad just had no idea you know because he's behind us and then we had our conversation and moved on but it's it's very true like you could a lot of instances when you're hunting with multiple people it's kind of tough to like make those decisions you know like outside of a guide Obviously, because you're there to hunt the animal for them. But in an instance where four dudes are hunting together, three dudes, it's kind of tough to make that call. So I really enjoyed when you and I got to go elk hunting because it was just you that we got to focus on. Like it was, um, and I lost my stabilizer. Well, yeah. and the biggest thing was like was hu- hunting with Warren this year was getting him that spike was, uh, I mean, not that I'd done anything special to get him. I mean, I think Ramsey spotted him first or the one bull up on the hill. But, Ramsey uh, does spot quite a few things. But the biggest thing about it is seeing the actual true smile on Warren's face. That is a and the picture I have on my phone is irreplaceable. Well, yeah, I mean, he turned sixty in two weeks, and uh, it's the first bull he's ever shot. So he was definitely that was a goal. You know, I'd like him to shoot a branch bull someday, but um, for him, that was that was a life. That was even a conversation he had. I was like, "Can you shoot a cow?" He's like, "Yeah, I want I want to shoot a cow." He said, "I just I really want to shoot a spike." I was like, well, I mean, it might and then the shoot a totem spike. So for the guys that like Dylan and and Isaac who have never archery hunted, is that like something that you guys want to get into? I would get into it. Um, I've gone a lot with archery hunters as like a guide, kind of on some of our land and stuff, and gotten to you know go along with them shooting their big bucks and stuff and. I'm always amazed how close they can get and get a shot at it. And I'm like, that's, that's cool. I mean, the last guy I went with, he shot his a really nice muley buck from probably 80 yards. And I'm like, yeah, you could, you could count the spikes on that and look at it and be like, yeah, I want to shoot that. And I'm like, you know, rifle, you'd be like, yeah, I shoot it and get a, you know, 200 yard shot at it. But right. And we drug that deer back like two miles back to the pickup. I'm like, this was really cool. <laughs> I helped him cut it up the next day and everything. And yeah, it was a hell of an experience. I'd love to do it again. I've only gotten archery hunting with one archery hunter once. So yeah. Yeah. I would, I mean, I would love to go bow hunting. Um, I would get everything. I mean, the pro- I guess the problem I find with bow hunting is that by the time the season comes around, I'm kind of still golfing too. <laughs> I, I feel that. Wow. Sean acts like he can't Ouch. late, but he can. Yeah, respect. Yeah, 
Sean could totally relate. I will say, Ramsey, we're working on his golf game, but I was pretty proud of Sean. He didn't miss. I don't think he missed a single uh, weekend for archery this year. He hunted his ass off archery hunting this year. That's for sure. Yeah, we never saw him. I can see though because I was that guy for a long time. I hunted. I rifle hunted for three years before I got into bow or bow hunting. So it's like one of those things where it's kind of like that stigma where people are like, is it really that worth it? Or is it just so much work that I don't want to get into it? You know, that's, that's a shitload of work. That's never going to change, but I think it's more addicting though. Oh, it's, it's, oh yeah. hundred percent. If you get in with bulls bugling in your face and stuff like that, like it's, you can't kind of like what you said, Matt, like you shoot something and you're excited, but at the same time, you're like kind of bummed. But it's over. Your tag's filled and done. So many mental failures. Well, well, that, well the yeah, biggest thing is like shooting that bull with. Let me ask you this question, Chance. You shot your bull alone, correct? Yes. And it was an amazing experience. Something you can't even describe. But at the end of the day, would you wish your dad or somebody could have been there with you at the same time? Or was it more of a magical moment on your own? Well,. It would have been cool if he was there, but the amount of amount of work I put into it, it was kind of my my moment. <laughs> yeah, it was like a personal journey, really. And yeah. and that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, I shot my first bull, which isn't nothing compared to yours, but it's a good bull in my books. My daughter called him in, and it was a great experience with her. Um, you know, I I I shot a muley here. 10 years ago, monster mule deer, high five of myself and hooping and hollering and taking my shirt off and hanging on a tree so I could find my way. And I look up on the hill and here's my dad and four clients going, this guy's lost his mind, you know? And, uh, but would you guys agree that hunting with a partner and having somebody there with you is above and beyond or is it more personal? So, um, and you're a good one to ask this question, dude, because you shot a monster bull. Oh, I'll tell you what. Well, probably one of my favorite memories is my little brother shooting that deer this year. Like, I, I'll, I'll, I can't remember being. I mean, I'm excited every time I, I shoot something. But when he shot that deer, I had to reel myself back in. <laughs> Absolutely. Keep yourself I, I, calm so you can keep him calm. I think well, it's, it's well, the, well, it was the same thing with, like, with, with, with Riley when he shot his bowl this year. It was just, I mean, we damn near could have filmed that so easy. Yeah, I don't know why we didn't. That was really unfortunate. But it was, uh, <laughs> but I, I was, was on my belly and I was hoochie momming. And then, I mean, I'm standing out in the open. I'm like, they're gone. Riley's like, there's horns. And I hit the ground, crawled back and started calling. But it's, that memory, I, I I guess, the only thing that could have made that more memorable for Riley would have been had he called that bull in the week before with his dad, you know, um, having his dad there for it. I think it's the experience. Like Chance just said, like he yeah. shot a 417-inch bull this year, and his favorite memory is hunting is his brother. brother. Absolutely. But you think it's the animal, but after you shoot something, it's – that's not what sticks around. It's the memory. Like I took my girlfriend out and she called in my elk this year and she's never done that before. Like that's, you can't script it, dude. Just, that's all I think about is that like experience. I don't care about the elk. It was just the, the memory. And like, that's why once your tags filled, you're like kind of bummed out. What? <laughs> uh, 
Sean has completely distracted me, but he's being he's doing his duties. Um, I guess where I look at on this whole conversation is um, I'm more fortunate than other people. I get to hunt. I mean, like I hunted more this year than I ever did in my entire life, and I want to say I if I was under 50 days, I would be surprised. It was a lot, and 80% of that was hunting for other people, and that's what's really cool is like this is the earliest I've ever been done hunting. I was super blessed. I shot everything I went out to to harvest this year. was I was done by like the third week in September. Weird experience. I don't know how to explain like being done in September. Um, but then like I could turn around the next week and go call for Matt. And that is just, to me, is just as enjoyable as, you know, well, shooting. Well, and I think that was the biggest thing. Like when me and Riley were hunting, it took me probably till week three before I got excited. Before I seen something, I'm like, holy shit. Like, now I want to bow hunt, you know. And I know it frustrated the hell out of Riley because, I mean, he was dead bound of the first week. And I just, I wanted to see him get something first before I even considered doing anything. And uh, it's because I, I shot my dream bowl with my daughter. I mean, it don't get no better than that. I mean, my daughter called my bowl in. I shot it. Shot it, had to shoot him twice, but um, I got my dream bowl. Actually, I will say, Matt said that, like, just because my dad was there, that is a, I mean, that would have been pretty crazy because, like, my dad is, he's seen, like, 5% of the elk opportunities I've ever had in my life, and he's lived so much longer. Um, actually, I, I would have rather shot the bowl for a couple reasons the week before that. A, it was, like, four times as big, which isn't a huge deal for me. But B, I beagled that guy in from like three miles away on a ranch where there's two people that claim you can't bugle elk on, and that would have been sick. So um, that was that would have been way better. Yep. But uh, I don't know, man. I, at the end of the day, like I think this is why we're all here. This is uh, we're drove by the pursuit, and and that's what brings us together, man. Well, 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 well I guess I'd like to hear from you guys. Is it more about shooting something or the memories you make with the partner with you? Memories. Memories. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I don't think Dylan would have had nearly as much fun at the turkey hunt if he was by himself. Yeah. No. <laughs> I've shot. Could you imagine with Papa Dave? We can't go up there. It's <laughs> <laughs> I've yeah. shot one deer by myself, and it wasn't a bad deer or whatever, but... I mean, it's so much more fun with another person involved every time. I I mean, that one deer I shot by myself, I went to load it up on my pickup, and I got it by the horns, and I'm pulling up into the tailgate, and I had a new pair of muck boots, stuck the horn through my muck boot, and I'm like, fuck this. <laughs> I'm pulling up in there, I'm like, hey, this is a lot more fun with other people where you can at least laugh and have a good The time. suffering's more fun when you can yeah, distribute like, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like I like the memories. I also like having knowing there's a guy out there that can save me if I'm going to fall into a hole or something. Well, the biggest thing <laughs> I definitely shot our elk that day, Ramsey. <laughs> What's that? I mean, when we shot our elk that morning, I mean, we were done by what nine thirty. No, it wasn't even that late. <laughs> but, it's but, like we limited out on ducks by nine thirty. But elk. <laughs> but the biggest thing is, is I was like, we're gonna screw off the whole morning. I mean, we came in late. I mean, everything was against us before we got there. We run into my nephew, and he's like, yeah, I see a couple of bulls, but this way I'm going to go around after him. And we're like, oh, okay. We don't make it 100 yards, and here's all these these cows off to our side. And Ramsey's like, cow, 
hit the brakes and we took off out of the ranger and we got two out of that group and it was just i i think it's more opportunity it's more like the biggest bulls ever shot like the world records have been shot by accident like people don't even know they shot their world record they just know they shot a good bull it's after the fact when they go holy shit look what i got but i mean it, you know, like your bowl chance, you knew what you had because you had him on video. Yeah. You know, you got him on camera. That's like it was my deer that I shot this year. I, until I walked up to him, I had zero idea how big he actually was. Like, I feel like ground shrinkage is a lot worse on mule deer than it is elk. It, I didn't even, like, I thought it was just a decent 4x4, four four, and then I walked up to it. And I was like, holy shit. Like, this, this is a nice deer. Yeah, not all of us get to say that every other year. So thanks for that, Ramsey. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Bottom line is nobody, none of us in this room would be in this if we didn't have memories from Child somebody girl. else that showed it to us, you know? Oh, yeah. None of us would have even been introduced to it. So, yeah. you know, we all are blessed with childhood memories. I'm sure every single one of us was introduced to some part of this. Yep. You know, and from, from two. Yeah, me. Oh, okay. I, I mean, you know, a childhood. 15 is... Not, yeah, but even adopted. think about like but getting all, it. <laughs> It's all memories, and every single one of us was like, "That's something uh, I would love to get into." I remember being like four or five years old. My dad used to go with his buddy, you know, over in the Dillon area, and I'd just sit in our big, my parents' big picture window and just cry because he was leaving because I just wanted to go with him so yeah. bad, you know. Well, 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 but but it is like memories like this. The same as when when Macy came out with us and she shot that deer. I mean, that's all she talks about. She saved up money to pay your dad for the <laughs> that's for fun. for that mount. And uh, but she talks about these. I mean, these two guys right here, Ramsey and Riley. I mean, she's like, well, I'm going. If they're going, I'm going. You know. And she's just kind of like another dude at the camp. I mean, but these guys have made memories for my my own daughter that I can't make just on my own, you know, and it's memories she'll take on the rest of her life that, Hey, I was at hunting camp with these guys. I used, I used Warren's gun. She saved up money. I mean, she, she's got a gift card for your dad. <laughs> and I mean, she's just ecstatic and you can't, you can't buy that. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think it's like the moments of like a solo hunt where you shoot a bull that is just unreal or a solo hunt where you shoot your first deer without all your buddies with you versus all your friends around you or, or being with family or something. I think it's just you're creating a memory every single time. That's They're all going to stick with you. And this one's probably going to stick out amongst, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. some others. But It's just getting called out some, all night long. You know, like me where, you know, it's a big elk camp and there's like 13 guys stuffed in one wall tent. That's going to stick out to me forever. Um, and I think more than shooting something, those, I agree, the memory is, is what's going to stick out. That, that was definitely like what Chad at that elk camp this year. That was like the coolest part. Yeah. Is he <laughs> never done anything like that before? And he's the whole time, I mean. Thanks for taking me. Like, yeah, this is so he's, he's just giddy, you know. And it's always something you want to pass on to the next person. Oh, yeah. exactly, absolutely. Hell yeah, let's go. Did All you right. do something to him up there? Because when he came back, he shaved his beard. I got to. <laughs> we, we did share a bed. I got really cold. 
When and, he came uh, back, his face was naked. I was. It was really weird. I think this would be the biggest Not argument, gay, just this like conversation it. here, that I would ever throw at, like, you know, if, if anyone had a, a a good conversation with, like, an anti-hunter, this would always be the argument that I would send. Like, like we're not really going out. I mean, like, yes, Ramsey and I feel blessed to have two elk in the freezer. Three. Because um, we, we live off. Ramsey and I eat elk every day, almost. Um, like, we're blessed to have that, and that's the main goal, and yada, yada, yada. But, like, my argument will be always, like, these outdoor experiences and doing it solo, whatever. Like, that will always 95% of the time you're not shooting something. That, that, that's the most important but, thing. Well, well, you can't, not, you like, can't make it up. Like, to go on about that with you there, Riley, is, like, my daughter, she don't talk about the deer she shot. She shot. She talks about kicking his ass at Uno. I mean, <laughs> that's the only thing she remembers is the Uno at camp. We had hot chocolate and Riley know, played Uno with ass, me at but... 2 o'clock in the morning, you know. Yeah. Or midnight or whatever time it was, it's but it's it's beating somebody in Uno. It's a Game Boy and a Rice Krispie. But like it goes, it goes past, yeah. it goes past hunting camps too, man. Think of like our fly, our uh, ice fishing camp last year. That was, f just, it's like the same environment, a little bit different, but it's it's just we the had same. In that hotel room. Yeah, yeah, and even like I, I hope you get to go. <laughs> ice fishing in the hotel room. <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> that was a different take kind of fishing. Take my fly. Take my fly. Sean did stare at me for like an hour Save and a half. We're not going to talk about what. <laughs> not break a stare. Um, I didn't realize how bad that was until. I think this is a good like, conversation to, to, to wrap up the Lodge Crew thing and, and talk about the fact like this is why we do what we do. This is our mission all the time is to enjoy like you guys are you guys are Bull Mountain Brothers. Like you guys are our, our crew, man. And this is this is what we set out to do a year ago is to bring this kind of group of guys to show the masses like what we stand for, you know, and like this is, this is, this is our, you know, this is what we do this for. And, and again, in final, final talk here with, with the crew, thanks for being along for the ride. And uh, we can't wait to see what season two brings with you guys along for the ride. Um, anyone else have anything to offer before we end here? I have a couple things just before we end here that we were going to bring up. Uh, just, just, just going into the to our break here, um, we are doing the second annual dun, dun, dun. Bull Mountain Brothers Turkey Raffle. Um, marketing and advertisement will be coming out for that in the next coming weeks. As I said, once this podcast comes out, you can watch this online. You listen to it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, we will be taking this three-week break. But during that break, we'll still have stuff coming out. I mean, there will be some social media posts. There will be some mark, you know, some advertisement for this turkey hunt. You, if you're a Montana resident, you know how you can get involved. Um, it's going to be awesome. It's an, another thing that we're upgrading uh, to be, you know, to give, you know, this raffle hunt something that we can give back to our listeners and stuff. Like uh, a guided, I mean, Dylan was was it worth worth the oh, yeah. the investment? We over had a great time. Again. Previous yeah. winners are required to purchase two hundred dollars worth of tickets. <laughs> <laughs> um, we had a we had just as much a great time doing that as I, I hope you did. But yeah. um, shot a bear, sunk a ranger. You know, <laughs> Dylan lost a sock. But um, <laughs> I dug Riley out of a mud hole. <laughs> yeah, he 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 literally he saved my Dug life. Him. He 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 scooped oh. mud out of my boots to save me. <laughs> it was it was very it was a blast. I'm I mean, a godsend. I think Dylan Dave's Dylan still pissed tests. about that and he doesn't even know where we were at. <laughs> but um yeah, the Ranger looked like so so stay tuned for the for the raffle and see how you can get involved in that. Um another huge thing that just literally showed up today. Uh we have our first piece of gear. We've been talking about wanting to do gear. Did you go Vanna White um, that to the camera real quick? Uh 
we have Bull Mountain Brothers duck calls. Uh, they are custom-made duck calls from our friends down in Georgia, Creation Calls. Uh, they're custom-made bodies with Echo inserts. Uh, Echo makes it their top quality, in my opinion, right up there with Zinc and uh, many other good uh, reed companies. They make a great sound. And uh, we literally have pre, we pre-sold half of our inventories gone. So there's a chance by the time that um, they're also engraved with Bowman. Oh yes, they also have our logo on it, so we're kind of official. Uh, Get a sample sound. Yeah, no. who, who engraved it, right? Um, yeah, I'd like to plug. I mean, we have all these plugs. It's like uh, plug season for <laughs> the end of the year. Uh, Gemini um, is a my engraving. Our friends in Ohio, um, he's. Kind of a startup company, but man, he is doing some fantastic work. I couldn't be happier with that. Uh, this is a hard surface to engrave on, in my opinion. It's it's round, and he literally has the Bull Mountain Brothers logo. Like the tines on the elk are minuscule and perfectly made. So um, if you're looking for engraving and stuff, um, I'll we'll put his link in the bio. Um, but yeah, so check out our duck calls if if they're even available by the time this podcast comes out. Just check our uh, social media. But that's one piece of gear that we've been promising. Uh, more along the line, you know, we're 2023. We're going to try and get out a lot more uh, quality stuff for our audience. Um, with that being said, um, we'll see you guys in three weeks. Thanks for an awesome year, 2023. And from us to you, we'll catch you on the next one. Later. Later. Two Leggings Outfitters out of Hardin, Montana is your one-stop shop for the best hunting and fishing adventures Montana has to offer. If you're looking for fishing adventures, big game hunting, bird hunting, and much more, get a hold of Dave or Patty at Two Leggings Outfitters, 406-665-2825. Book the adventure of a lifetime today. Thanks for listening to another episode of Bull Mountain Brothers. Hey, if you're looking for more Bull Mountain Brothers, be sure to follow us on TikTok and Instagram at bull underscore mountain underscore brothers and Facebook and YouTube at Bull Mountain Brothers. Also, don't forget to check out our B&B store at BullMountainBrothers.com where you can find some super sweet deals on some seasonal merchandise and outdoor gear. Bull Mountain Brothers.